This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hi, I'm Paul. Hi, I'm Misa. Hi, I'm Will. We're going to talk about The Man Who Sold the Moon by Robert A. Heinlein. This is first published in a book. I was very disappointed that it was published in a book rather than uh, a magazine in that a can magazine. pull out of copyright. No, no. He all, only two items in his whole over three items, something like that, are out of copyright. Um, I, I, I was disappointed because there's no illustrations. Um, for almost every Heinlein, you know, you have illustrations galore. But if you publish in a book first time, especially a hardcover, not very. You get the cover. That's it. And so, yeah, I was. I looked around, and there's lots of covers that are different, but there's no magazine in which you know M. Schweiler or Virgil Finlay or somebody does some great art illustrating what we see in the story. Which well, this is this is a story that's not that conducive to grand illustration. This is oh, a very disagree. This is a story. This is this is a story very much in boardrooms and in and in offices about the nuts and bolts of trying to get a moon mission to work. It rather has than that. the actual mission itself. It has I mean, that, but you know, you know, we could have scenes of uh, them all going out to meet the spacecraft and the diamonds being, you know, pulled yeah. out. There's little yeah. Pikes Peak and the construct. You know, yeah. There's a lot of boardroom stuff, right? But I wouldn't mind seeing a Harriman pointing his finger at somebody and winking, <laughs> you know, uh, or his wife in their underground bunker. Yeah, that would have been cool. He, you could show him like trying to like dissemble to his wife about yeah. what he's got going on, and Again. his wife. And and um, the other thing is the covers. This is uh, uh, by which I mean the uh, first post day covers. I'm not a philatelist. Um, <laughs> philatelist. Was it what? I'm not a philatelist. Can you explain philatelist? A philately, for those who don't know, isn't is, that a? Isn't it numismatics? No, that's coins. A philatelist is the stamps where a numismatic is to coins. Yes. So a philatelist is somebody who cares a lot about uh, stamps and stamp collecting and and oh. things associated with stamps and stamp collecting, and obviously that informed. Uh, it, it 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 dates the story in some ways because I disagree, I mean, Paul. You're just not keeping up with philately. Because <laughs> I mean, the, the last time I could think of philately really impinging on my mind in Indeed. any way would be the uh, the movie Brewster's Millions. Yeah, yeah, it's it's That's something. The last time I could think of it's it. something that w- when you hear about it, when you usually hear about stamp collecting as a kid or something. Um, it, it goes in your mind and you say, uh-huh. Oh, wait, I, I, I disagree. I, I disagree. There's another movie I saw in the last year there where, where it revolved around someone buying a stamp as, I can't remember the name of it. And, and that was how they st- stole the money. It was because, oh yes. Oh yeah. But it's again, it's a whole movie. Um, what's his name? Um, charade. But they just watched a few months ago. And, and spoilers. The, the way the guy steals the money is he buys an expensive stamp. Yeah. 
So, um, Philately is still around. Still, people are still excited about it. And I was surprised by this because, you know, with with the advent of stamps that are designed to be what are they called? Uh, forever stamps that basically they don't have a uh, <laughs> a money Based amount on, on it, yeah. right? Is is that a thing in Canada too? Oh or yeah, is that just yeah, of course. Oh okay, I didn't um, know. Yeah, and uh, but covers are you know. Stamp people get who get into stamps usually get into it like uh, here's the extras from my collection, son. Now make your own stamp book, and you collect all the and you get all these, you know, old ones. But the industry like Canada Post makes tons of money selling people stamps they're never going to use, right? Like the Star Trek stamps, Star Trek stamps, Superman stamps. Uh, there's a Captain Canuck stamp. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's, uh, uh, I was just looking at the account of, um, Archibald Lampman. I know nobody knows who he is, but he's a great poet from Ontario, uh, long dead. And, uh, he has a, st- he had a stamp. I was like, Ooh, yeah. Um, it's, it's what, uh, I think Lawrence Block is a big stamp collector and he has his hitman character. That's where he, he spends his free time when he's not killing people. <laughs> going to stamp shows and um so philately is long and um loved it's sort of i i think of grandpas you know working on it since they were a kid and and then at the end of their life you know the stamp collection gets sold and other stamp collectors are all excited because they get to have that piece that they never had and then they die <laughs> and it um, continues on didn't uh, didn't uh Speaking of Heinlein and stamp collecting, didn't uh, what's his name in Number of the Beast? Um, didn't Zebulon Carter have a? I wouldn't have doubt a stamp it. collection as part of his trying to get enough money to get the inheritance. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, the the thing is, is you know there were like rocket mail stamps, right? So if you get the uh, mail delivered by airplane, we know about that, right? Airmail, the, yeah. The first time you get uh, some letter. It's it's a cover. It's basically this. It's a it's a canceled stamp. It's not that the stamps are valuable. It's that it's a moment of history that's captured, right? Imagine uh, you are in uh, Cape Canaveral, Misa, mm-hmm. and you are there on the day of the launch for Apollo Eleven, and you send a letter to your mom, right? And it says yeah. here at. Uh, the blast off really enjoying myself and you mail that to your mom and then you become a famous serial killer <laughs> right now it it has all sorts of cachet right because first of all it's the day the serial killer visited <laughs> the apollo mission right and it's from that day and it, ooh, it's got a nice stamp it just inquire acquires more and more and more value so a first day stamp right a first day cover um, it's, it's infinite cachet and that's why they're going to make so much money from it. And also it's mail fraud in this, <laughs> in this plot, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, all, yeah. all the wheeling and dealing he does, uh, all, most of it is actually, uh, just trickery rather than outright fraud. But mm-hmm. that literally was fraud. 
and, and he gets called and he gets called yeah. out on it, which I, which I appreciate. I mean, it's because he pointed out you do some shady things, but this is out and out wide to the public, and he gets yeah. he, get, he gets uh he, he gets mostly it. doesn't lie. He's he mostly shades the truth and makes people assume things, right? Like putting on that uh, six plus stamp right before six plus uh, button right before he goes into the Mocha Cola office. Um, I I I I mean I mean he I mean. Alfred lies. I mean, he goes up to the line, and I, I, I think some of the stuff is definitely dishonest. But the whole, oh, we forgot to put the mail thing on, so we're just going to pretend we did. Is get no, that's literally fraud that they put yeah, you in prison fraud. for. Yeah, that is fraud that he could go to and jail it's, for. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, it's not wire fraud, but it's the equivalent thereof. It's mail fraud, and that is like a serious crime in in the uh, in the states anyways you know all that stuff about the energy the x fuel that doesn't matter that's all you know you can he's bribing judges left and right but, yeah but uh that uh the fact that that plays a, such an important role it's hard to understand to unless help. you're right in in that um in that business and it is a huge business uh philately and you don't think about it because you don't drive down the street and see all these philatelic stores, right? They're, they exist, but you don't see them. But it doesn't mean the industry isn't huge. They do it through I, the mail. I, I, <laughs> I wonder how big it is. I mean, now, now I'm curious how big it is and how has it changed over time. Now I'm curious. I mean, is your assumption correct? Is it is still people making – I mean, I know we see these – I see, Just go to the how, post office and look at the – while you're standing in line, there's a like a little sideboard showing all the new – uh, stamps and coins and stuff like that that the mint and the post office are making. And think yeah. of how they they basically have a license to print money, right? Because it's a piece of paper and it has That's value that the government says it has and it's rare, right? Because they don't keep printing the same stamp forever. They always change it up. So it, it it's it, it, the idea is it's almost you could pay your taxes and stamps right stamps are almost like a currency because they have value it's a limited value it's, it, it can only it, be used it's, on it's not yeah it's not a currency that can be used in all debts public and private but it is a cur- by by the broadest definition it is a currency even if it's not a universal currency that you can use for all for every transaction but yeah it it, it, it it's in it's it's relatively important and what most of what he's selling in this uh, sale of the moon in this book is stuff that is intangible in a way. That and, he, sta- and, and he calls out, he calls that out. It's like, we're selling yes. the intangibles rather than the tangibles. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, he's definitely, he's definitely planting a flag here that it's the intangibles that'll get us to the moon, not the. Right. So not, TV yeah, advertising like- rights and the story of behind the flight and all that stuff. But the actual physical object, that he refuses to put into the into the ship because it's going to be overweight. It, I don't. I don't think it, it, he, he refuses it after fact. I the way I interpret it is he intended to, but then, I mean, trying to juggle a moon flight and everything else, he'd simply forgotten by that point it was too late. That's not how I read it. And, and, and so he couldn't. And so it was either scuttle the flight or. Well, it, it plays an important role. It plays an important role, Paul, because they also forget to put him in. They don't forget to put him. 
Well, he just, he just he just can't because they don't have enough weight for it. Same it's not story. To forget. Same but story. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but but I think but I don't think he intended to do to commit mail fraud from the get go. I think he actually intended for those to be canceled on the flight and just the just just the razor thin margins of how this flight works means they couldn't manage to do it. It's, the only thing a- I will I will uh, f- frame it <laughs> meta just to show you that you know. There are no intentions. It's all Heinlein, right? He did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's it, it, it. He is the stamps in a certain uh, the canceled covers in a certain sense, right? He the whole thing, the whole purpose of this effort is not to you know get Moonflight going. That's all just an excuse for him to go to the moon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and so yes. when he gets cut out of that, he's been defrauded in the same way that. You know, the customers I, are being defrauded. I, I thought that he, uh, like, he, he knew the weight. He was perfectly aware of the weight. And he even said, if it crashed, it crashed. If it didn't, I'm going to put them in there. What Really? Like, he, he did it. I thought he did it on purpose. I thought yeah. he knew what he was doing. Yeah. As soon as he knew the weight, he knew what he was doing. He was That was his plan. And he had calculated the diamonds in there, right? So it's yeah, not he like... Ca- he managed yeah. to get the diamonds. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, they weigh the less, but... They weigh less... So can I bring up Requiem at this point? Yeah, go for it. Um, um, did you read okay, that one, so, Misa? Have you read Requiem? No. Okay. Because no. so, so I, I assume Requiem was in this, and I'm like, what? That's the end of the story? <laughs> no. And, and, and the funny thing about Requiem is, and the funny thing about this story is, this story is a prequel. Yes. Because Requiem was written like eight years before this one. Mm-hmm. Now, have you read it, Will? No. Okay, so... Requiem is set a few decades after this one. It was, but it was written first, and it's about a very old Dee Dee Harriman who's just about to die. He wants to go to the moon. He's still never been to the moon. Oh, that's so sad. And no commercial flight will take him. So he basically gets because his heart is bad. Because his heart is bad. He basically he basically gets a basically a spit and gumball guy to put a. Put up a rocket to send them to the moon. They're actually, so barns, they're barnstormers, Paul. Barnstorm, barnstormers, thank you. I, 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 knew, I knew it was some, some fly-by night operation to get him to fly to him. He dies in the landing. But he gets on the to the moon? moon and dies, Die. yes, on the moon. It is, a, <laughs> it is a tragedy. It is a heart. It is a story that's much more molded and schmaltzy than this one. But uh, like, at the end of that, they bury him on the moon, which is very they, important. It is very important because that's what and then doing. they uh, they get a oxygen bottle and they make that his headstone and they inscribe in it um, the same uh, epitaphs that's on Robert Louis Stevenson's grave in Samoa. You guys know uh, this <laughs> no, famous poem. It's no. uh, under the wide and starry sky. Dig the grave and let me die. Glad did I live and gladly die. And I laid me down with a will. This be the verse you grave for me. Here lies where he longed to be. Home is the sailor, home from the sea, and the hunter, home from the hill. And you just had that memorized, right? No, no, I looked it up, but I... I, (laughs) um, Now I I wonder if Heinlein actually went to that grave when he went on his cruise to the South oh, Pacific in the 70s. Yeah. Because he went on a cruise. He actually had a TIA on that cruise. 
it's uh, a basically TI. What's a, a TI? transient isochemic uh, attack. Basically, like the prelude to a heart attack. Oh. Oh. And later, of course, that cruise became. I mean, a fictional version of that cruise became backbone of um, Job. But yeah. I wonder if he actually got to see that grave because I know he certainly would have tried. I don't know if Tahiti was on that. I know that he went to Australia. Um, but, and he did talk about long pigs a lot. So <laughs> he may have gone to Samoa. Um, I mean, I, I, I can't see him not doing that if he didn't have the chance. But, I mean, with, with, with his heart attack and stuff, maybe he didn't. I don't know. I'd have, I, Farrah Mendelssohn would know. I'd have to ask her. Maybe she, because she's a, but she's more of an expert in Heinlein's work than his life but the but maybe she would the poem she got to, uh, there's a couple of variations of it uh one of them this one has uh and the hunter home from the hill um there's a story by henry cutner called uh home is the hunter which is uh from one of the variations of this poem and um it's a it's a, again a very powerful you you called it schmaltzy <laughs> i would say uh, that's not exactly the right word because that makes me think of like i don't know weird al yankovic <laughs> doing uh, his polka music you know um i think it's more like a poignant in the same way that the green hills of earth is poignant right mhm uh, schmaltzy is like it's not false uh, Dee Dee Harriman is Robert A. Heinlein, right? Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's sentimental. It's a sentimental story. Uh, it's definitely you like, a, you like it better than Schmaltz? Yeah, because Schmaltz okay, is yeah. like, um, I don't I know. Think, it's, it's, a, it's covered in maple the syrup or something. definition of Schmaltzy is excessively sentimental. Excessively, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, I, maybe I was taking the piss a bit. That's fine. Well, no, I, I think, you know, like, it's, to me, it's like, uh, I, I'm I, a long time ago. I had a, a quest to like hear the voice of Robert A. Heinlein, right? Because I I read a lot of his his stuff, but I never heard him talk. He wasn't on TV all the time when I was a kid, you know. Um, so I was like, what does he sound like? What's his voice sound like? So I eventually found uh, video uh, and audio, but video of him um, with Arthur C. Clarke uh, commenting on Apollo Eleven, and you know, hearing him talk, he sounds exactly like Dee Dee Harriman, right? He's just so excited. He said, you know, they're going to change the date of humanity. Forget about, you know, 1991. Today is the year zero, and we will start counting from here on. Everything is before the moon landing. Now it's everything past the moon landing. And he's, and he's, you know, and we're going to go on and we're going to have a moon base and we're going to do this and we're going to go on to Mars and then we're off to the solar system, out of the solar system. <laughs> and he's so excited, you know, because this is exactly, exactly what he wanted. And he wasn't even on the ship, right? He didn't design the aircraft or, you know, but they invited him in to give his comments. And yeah, I mean, it also didn't really work out how he wanted, right? I mean, it, it did absolutely massive, did not work out how he wanted. Government program, like not this insane. It's well, like, yeah, it, I mean, it's like he, it's like, it's like how like Elon Musk would like SpaceX to be. Like SpaceX is just like subsidized by the government, right? It's not yes. really like doing this kind of stuff. But if you had like a private space program, like this is what it would look like. Yes. Um, and it's insane. Well, uh, the, I I was well, I wanted to talk about this. I'm glad you brought it up 
because I mean, I think that's why we're doing this is because of all these billionaires going to so-called space. Right. But notice Elon Musk has not been riding any of them. Right. He doesn't go up with his rockets, but the other guys do. In fact, uh, Micey, you know, um, Captain Kirk's going to go up like next week. I know, week. on Tuesday. Isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't pull a hair in and die on on the journey up. I mean, that would be a neat like footnote to history. It would I be mean, a I, fascinating I, footnote, I, I don't, for sure. I don't wish any harm to William Shatner, but... <laughs> well, <laughs> That's a good name for your podcast, <laughs> Will. I don't wish any harm to William Shatner. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, uh, getting, you know, clapping for our celebrities to go into space on private rockets that are very expensive, uh, built on the backs of stealing money from poor people who are working very hard, um, mm-hmm. is a bad thing. Um, what's, what's so strange about this story, uh, is that the government's involvement is nil. The closest it comes to being involved in the story, is the uh, regulation agency for this fuel and the the stamps. And that's it. Like, there's no military interest in this. That's really strange because basically that's the real reason we have have um, space exploration at all, either in the Soviet Union or China or, or in the States. It's mostly uh, basically military expenditure. And then... They, he's doing it all through commerce and bootstrapping, uh, commercial interests and loans. And it's just, it's exactly right. Well, Elon Musk's, um, whatever his company's called SpaceX, SpaceX, right? You know, their only one and only client, other than, you know, whatever Elon Musk's doing as a side business is, the government. It's just servicing the space station and putting up satellites, right? And the only way they, they did that, the only way that's possible is by NASA being defunded and having that money sent to private. It's, it's just capitalism eating itself. Yeah, basically, and, basically the privatization of, uh, space travel in the United States. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when we get, oh, all these Me Too companies like, uh, Amazon and, there's another one, Blue Virgin, Oregon or whatever. right? Virgin, right? Yeah. These are these are actually fake, right? They they they're going up into not even orbital; they're suborbital. You know, they're they're basically just doing extended uh, vomit comet stuff, right? Which you know you could do uh, if you spend a couple thousand dollars, you can go to Arizona and get in an airplane and do that. You know, you get to see the curvature of the Earth. Great. But it's just they're sucking money from the government. It, right? it, it, it's 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 che- it's checkboxing. It's like the people who go to climb Mount Everest, not be not because they have any love of mountains or mountaineering or like that, just because they because they wanted to checkbox that off their things to do. It's like let's go to because I mean at the height, I mean thing, thanks to pandemic things are. Or calm down a bit. At the height of this, I mean, you basically had a conga line of people trying to going to the top of Mount Everest. And remember, that was the one year where like a dozen people died because it was so crowded and 
conditions turn rapidly They're bad. They're pushing they each other off the back. mountain to make room. It, 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 so, 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 so this whole going to the edge of space thing is basically kind of like the ultimate billionaire version of uh, going to the top of Mount Everest. It's like, yeah. Mm. It's it's not really space, and it's just to say, oh yes, I went to space. I mean, it's 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 it's. I'll, I'll, I could say a bad word, but I'm not going to do that for a fairing of uh, Misa. But <laughs> you're going <laughs> to save Misa's sensibilities. Word. Now I'm very curious. You know, uh, Misa, close your ears and whisper it to me, Paul. They're dick swinging. Dick like, swinging. Say, Look, I went to space. I go awesome. Yeah, but uh, that's uh, that's kind of my point. This is why I'm always, you know, I'm always advocating for putting Musk at the back of the line because he's doing everything. He, he is a Harriman. There's a, I, I, I was going to look it up before the podcast, but I didn't. So I, I may be incorrect, but I believe there's a tweet by him um, saying we will coup whoever we want uh, with regard to lithium extraction. Somebody had a tweet, you know, saying hey, you're doing coups to get resources of these countries. And he doesn't care. He wants to do what he wants to do. And that is different than what Bezos is doing and the Virgin guy are doing, right? They're, they're doing similar things, but Bezos is, is, it's like, oh yeah, me too is what you're saying, Paul. I agree. Yeah. You know, it's the, it's the, it's like, hey, I can beat you to space. Uh, I've got a bigger yacht than you do. My house is bigger. I own six islands. You only own four, that sort of thing. I think, you know, we can see that. But what's different about the weird D.D. Uh, Harriman-like figure of uh, Elon Musk is that he uses his showmanship to help finance his wild dreams that he doesn't even, you know, put himself on as the first rocket guy, right? He still hasn't been to space as far as I know. I'm not paying it cl- that super close attention to it, but you would know if Elon Musk had been. To I th- space. Yeah, I would we, think we, so, but like he put a he put a car in space, right? Uh-huh. And that was to help sell the 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 product. It, the, the, not not just the Tesla product, the product that is Elon Musk. When you invest in an Elon Musk product, you get the product that's him, right? When you buy a Tesla, you're getting a piece of Musk. And you buy, <laughs> I think so. Musk. Absolutely. You're buying into oh, that oh, vision, Musk. right? And the thing is, is, you know, lots of companies make electric cars, right? My mom has a, a Chevrolet Volt. They don't make those anymore. They stop making them. They're making sure. other electric cars. But if you look on the road around here, I don't know if that's true around you, Misa, or you, Paul, or you, Will. There's fucking Teslas everywhere. I saw three of them today on the highway. There's fucking everywhere. And that is not because one old ancient, you know, motor corporation decided, you know, it would be a really good way to make money to sell electric cars. It's because Elon Musk says these other kinds of cars are stupid. Electric cars are way better. They're faster. They're cooler. I want electric goddamn cars. And his vision to make that happen is it's not his engineering, right? And that's why this story is so interesting is D.D. Harriman is not an engineer. He's not a pilot. He's not a race car driver. He's just a guy who wants something. 
and he uses whatever techniques, dirty tricks. Uh, he, he fucks over his wife in a certain sense, right? And his partners. He wants what he wants, and he's going to get it. And that goes all the way up to mail fraud. Uh, right up to mail fraud. And he even... I mean, the mail fraud seems like not even like the worst thing that he does, right? It's not the worst, uh, but it's it's the no, most but, but illegal, it's the most prosecutable right? Prosecutable one. Yes, it's the most prosecutable one. It's the one where you know you you're crossing the biggest, baddest bitch in the room, which is the government, right? If you make uh, it, it, most of, uh, as you're pointing out, Paul, you know, there's a lot of uh, people standing around saying, "I'm going to sue you," or this contract, and that sort of stuff, not visualizable. That's most of the, you know, they don't even get the first rocket up into uh, probably about three quarters of the way through the story, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's 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 a lot of boardroom maneuvers or or planned maneuvers, which which can be dramatic. I'm not saying this wouldn't be an issue. I mean, you could film this almost like Twelve Angry Men style, but as far as illustrations, maybe not so much. But I mean, I mean. Think of the movie Twelve Angry Men, which takes place just about inside one room, and just how dramatic the characters bring are brought to life by the actors. I mean, that's how you would film this story if you could do it. Mm-hmm. That'd be the way to do it. I'd even do it black and white because <laughs> because, because it's also show the retroness of it. Yeah. And I think you could you could I mean you get you get somebody a real good character actor to play D.D. Harriman. It's like I think you really could sell this as a short. I, I mean, I, I don't know if this gonna... like manifesto should be put out into the world in the form of film. Um, it's, uh, but the thing is, is uh, my, my point, Will, is that you know Elon Musk read this story. Oh yeah, no, he absolutely he is did. this story. He said, <laughs> "That's my I'm modeling my life on this." My parents <laughs> gave me money when I was a kid. I got my own emerald mine when I was a kid. I ain't wasting it. I'm leveraging that son of a bitch and get the PayPal money going and I'm gonna go to the fucking moon. <laughs> and he doesn't care, right? He doesn't care about what other people want. Yeah, it's cool that you want to come along, you want to finance this. That's fine. Cool. Let's, let's do it. It's just that single mindedness. And it's like, I have this vision of me as a kid. It's not like, oh yeah, it'd be cool to go to the moon. Me too. But rather, it's like, I'll do fucking anything to do this. Who do I have to fuck to get this to happen? <laughs> yeah, I just like, I mean, like, it's Heinlein's vision of the kind of person we need for the future is like this person who doesn't really care about other people. Indeed, indeed. And, yeah, and that's, and I mean, I do think that there's something just deeply sick about that. It you is get, sick. You need a sociopath to get a moon program going, basically. And, and you know, it's it, it turns out to not be true. No, no, it turns out to be true. Will, what? Who did they get to do the American moon program? Uh, you know the answer. Oh, you're right. Okay, yes, I take it back. Fair, exactly. A guy who's willing to have human s- slaves uh, working in tunnels, starving them to death, and having them, you know, get blown up in the process of making rockets to shoot at another country because he wants to go to the moon. Well, what about the Soviet space program? Was it run by sociopaths? I will tell you, there's a great story uh, called the chief designer. I believe it's by Andy Duncan. Um, and uh, it was not, uh, not directly run by sociopaths as far as I know. I'm trying to remember the name of the, uh, the chief designer. Um, I'll bring it up. Chief designer. 
Andy Duncan. I wrote a review of the book. There's also a great um, uh, alternative um, version. Uh, Korolov. Uh, Sergei Korolov. Um, so he, in the in that in his story, he was like off in Siberia for some political crime, and they he's laboring away there, doing horrible thing, and they say, "Comrade, we are doing a moon program. <laughs> Come work for us." And he works on uh, the Soviet moon pro- moon program, which ends up being you know not a moon landing uh, for humans, but they do some. Uh, robot moon landings, and then they do this the mirror programs and stuff like that. So, um, it, the sociopath that is the American government hired the Nazi guy to uh, yeah yeah to right. to do uh, their their moon program, uh, denazified him. Yep, certified denazified. Certified denazified. <laughs> yep. Yeah, sure. You've got that SS tat, uh, tattoo under your arm, but nobody's gonna look there. You're certified denazified and allow the, the whole thing to go. But notice when, when, uh, they were doing the rollout for the space shuttles back when NASA had an actual own rocket program, they, uh, invited the crew of Star Trek to come visit, but they didn't actually put them on the spaceship, right? They said, come look, we're going to name this one Enterprise. And they're like, Oh, that's cool. And they're all excited. But they don't actually physically put them in the ship and rocket them into space. That's the world we live in now. <laughs> they actually get the old guy who was the captain of a starship on a set in Desilu Studios in Hollywood, California <laughs> in the 60s. And they say, you're going to space, sir. But, 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 but I mean, now we're going to, now we're going to bring up, um, Galaxy Quest, which is all about actors who pretended to be on it, on a, Star Trek like show who wind up actually going to space because the aliens believe they're they're heroes. Yes, and it, it's but a true story. A it's yeah, a true story. Just like you thought idiocracy was a comma. <laughs> satire. I, I Turns out true story. True yeah. story. <laughs> Bad story. Fair. <laughs> but 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 the whole Russian attempt to to basically build a a space program makes me think of the book we did um back in uh, February red plenty mm-hmm. and and just the the dog the, the single-mindedness of like we're gonna scientifically do everything in Russia including a space program the, and well they did get Sputnik up first so the uh, did, did other success. book I'm thinking of um is by Jed Mercurio who's a he's a British TV writer I don't really know if he's got any other uh fiction credits um but he did a uh and it's also available as a comic will um as, oh, it's wow. a secret history of the soviet space program um and it's really good um really good book it's surprising to me like there's these authors out there who can write a good book it's because basically i don't care about the writing i, I care about the idea and the execution like you know as long as the writing's serviceable uh, i understand what's going on if you've got a great idea that really so Ascent is um, published in 2007 is uh, about a MiG pilot from uh, the Korean War. He's, he actually grows up, you know, in ruins of Stalingrad or something during during the war and then becomes a MiG pilot. And then 
uh, briefly. I think he's a Vietnam era pilot. And then they do their secret crash, uh, Soviet sp- space program to send people to the moon. And in the same way that, um, we think, uh, you know, we're kind of disappointed that D.D. Harriman doesn't get to go to the moon, at least in this story. Uh, the, the original plan is to send three people to the moon and they keep cutting the program and eventually it's just the one guy and they send him up. But basically, you know, he's got like a, a camera, right? Um, and it's, I believe he dies on the moon and that's why it never comes out is the idea is the secret history. But that, that struggle, like, uh, the technical problems that need to be solved, um, you know, launching from Pike's Peak, not ideal. Heinlein yeah, knows yeah, I that. I mean, they have stuff landing in Kansas for crying out. Yeah, Heinlein knows that. That's why he wants to put it in pa- Panama or Florida. Um, it's just that he lives there. <laughs> he knows it, and he's and, like, and, and I could do it. People there, so there's technical expertise on that front. And and in the same way, Musk, uh, you know, he knows that you should launch from near the equator. But you can't do that if, you know, it's not all, it's not all about the engineering, right? The engineering is how to solve the technical problems. He's like, the technical problems will not happen unless I get the, the, the sizzle. I gotta get people interested. I gotta make sure the government is leveraged into giving me this money as opposed to Bezos or, uh, Virgin guy or what, what other, there's a bunch of other ones. Branson. Too. Yeah, Branson. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, the, the point of that Galaxy Quest story is it's actually right. People get inspired to do stuff. It's weird that it takes so long. We don't think about this story from what I think this is written in 1950. Is that right? Or yeah. 1949? It, it takes, 70 years for that vision to uh, seem to sort of start to come true. But on the other well, hand, it, it, it's almost a failure of Heinlein's imagination, which, which is not maybe not fair, but not to think that government, the U S governments and the USSR. It, and other it's, governments not a fa- be... it's not a failure. It's, it's, it's an ideology. Yes, right? it is. Well, he, he never considers that space might become, become a frontier in the cold war i mean Heinlein is a smart guy i'm sure he could figure out that the cold war was coming in 49 i mean considering yeah, for, it's about, there in 49 yeah so i'm, I'm sure he could he uh, it's that. in the story uh, he goes into the newspaper office with a communist badge on right right it, 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 it basically says the commies are going to do are going to do this yeah he basically tries to leverage u.s government into helping him by no saying, well, that's not the are. that's not the u.s government that's the media I thought you leveraged the U.S. government. No, the, no, no. See, it, it, the ideology is government is not the solution, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, yet, I think that's purposely bypassing. Oh, that. yeah, yeah. It's it's oh, okay. like the only purpose of the government is to do the stamps, right? Right. <laughs> Even that international organization covering the rules for using the X juice, the X fuel, right? Is, is the United Nations, yeah. And, and so he can get around that no problem. Just launch from Panama or whatever. He can get around that. that get, no problem. It's government's in the way. Let me loose, says D.D. Harriman. When in reality, 
Musk will not get to space without a contract to service the ISS. But that's not stopping the Chinese from building their space station, their Ru- uh, Soviet and, uh, no, Russian, uh, Russian Chinese space station. They're, they're, you know, the relations between the states are so bad, right? The states and uh, Chinese and the Soviet Russians are so bad right now. They're, they're going ahead with their own international space station. Yeah. And, and they're not doing it based on, you know, oh, please, private business, please. No, it's like, we are doing this. Oh, wait, I, I'm doing the Chinese accent <laughs> very badly. Yeah, that's not a good ac- Chinese accent. Though, I, uh, I think, uh, Paul, is it racist for me to do a Chinese accent but not a Russian accent? It's, it's not good to do either. Oh, damn it. How am <laughs> I, I going to get good at these things? Um, you, I don't practice. You can only do better, fail better. Oh, okay. Fail, fail better. But you don't have to record all of your failures, though. That's true. You don't have to release all your failures. How am I going to teach other people that you can get greatness out of crappiness? Um, uh, how can I? How can I teach other people not to speak in a fake Chinese accent without doing it myself? So, so speaking of space programs, I would. Um, coincidentally, I was listening to NPR this morning, and you know who Commander Hatfield is, correct? Uh, He's our person. Isn't he a uh, member of Paul. Parliament or he? No, he was a he was a former commander of the ISS and yeah, no, but I mean now. Oh no, I'm Chicago thinking Mark Garneau. That's who's an MP, right? And anyway, he's a minister. Mark Garneau's a minister. Really? I, I think I didn't so. Know he was a minister. Anyway, he's he's he has a novel just coming out. Oh, a senator maybe? No, the member of Parliament. Parliament. Sorry, Paul. Yeah. He's got a novel calling out called The Apollo Murders, which is a secret history of a Russian of a of a of a relatively secret Russian space station in the early 70s. I believe it. Cool. I mean, the, the space station was real and he tries to basically use some unexplained events around that space station to basically tell a story, tell, tell, tell a murder story. So which is really interesting. Yeah, I, I'm down for that. So um, he so. sings, he writes, he goes and he takes pictures. He yeah, takes he does. Pictures. He's like, like <laughs> an everything man. He's a Renaissance man. <laughs> is he, he also a Mountie? Uh, no. Probably is. No, he's not. At a one point, no, he was never a Mountie. Uh, yeah, fighter pilot though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because you talk, he, in this interview, he was talking about facing off against Russian uh, bombers as, as a fighter pilot. Yeah, so. F sixteen pilot. Yeah. So, 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 so anyway, as I was saying, I mean, Highline just considers government not even interested in space. And so the, the, his future history of, okay, we're only going to get there if a crazy billionaire decides to do it is interesting, but it turned out to be wildly wrong. I mean, not wildly. You, it's 70 years later, right? And, later. And, He's wrong about the billionaires are going to do it. It's just that they're going to do it with government money. And that has always been the case, right? right he Canada was created right. out of a, a basically a railroad scheme, right? Where the government pays billionaires, equivalent to 19th century billionaires, to uh, make a connection from coast to coast. 
right? It wasn't like, I don't know. If, well, why don't we just try building some railroad tracks and see if a country comes out of it? No. Uh, Ottawa says, we will make this deal. You guys will join Confederation if we build this railroad from coast to coast. And of course, you know, it being government, it's late because it makes more sense to be late. It, it costs way more than they said it would because it makes more sense for the people making that possible, that railroad connection possible to make the country. Government expenditure is the best way to make money always. And like if, that sound like in um, in the movie uh, Contact, where they build the whole um, ship and it explodes, and they go, "Yeah, well, we built another one because why build one when you can build well, two? <laughs> yeah, sure. That was kind of hilarious. Uh, yeah, I think he, I, I I unfortunately think he was a little bit naive. But, um, oh, who's the author? Contact. Oh, Sagan. Sagan. Carl right. Sagan. Carl Sagan. I think he was a bit naive about. Uh, how uh i mean i i read that book and i remember it fairly well i think he thought it would go too easy and his big problem in that book was with the religious figures whereas i think the real problem is you know it just would never we'd get that information and it would languish for thousands of years <laughs> we got oh we got this communication from aliens oh yeah that's nice how is that going to affect the, the upcoming election this month? Not, it's not. <laughs> right? It'll be a talking point and then it won't be hot. Because, you know, traveling to meet aliens on another planet is not government funding. Government funding is military expenditure. Lording it over. Right? He, he sells the, uh, the media on how we got to get to the moon and make uh, a nuclear base there. You know, that's what Moon is Harsh Mistress is about, right? It's throwing rocks down at the earth, not even Yeah, yeah kinetic energy bombs, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's a, he is, in this story, he is leaving government out in an ideological way. Because, first of all, it, it doesn't fit with Harriman. Governments can beat individual billionaires if they want to. But not when the billionaires, you know, have such extensive squid-like vampire sucking on the government. Then he he is right. He's saying government isn't a problem. He bribes the judges or most judges. It's not a problem. He he'll win that way. So it's a it's a very complicated story, and I understand why it has that you know hate. <laughs> but I also think. Um, it obviously was very powerful and that therefore important because <laughs> Will, you were saying something like, do we want to advertise it? Was that you? Well, I was saying, I don't know if this manifesto needs to get turned into a movie. Um, because then it like, will advertise it more, right? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It would be an alternate history at this point. I'm um, speaking of which I have that not doesn't seen... mean it's not like a, you know, like an ideological document, like the, right. the Turner Diaries is a, a it, alternate it, history. It, it, it's it's a, it's an ideological document the same way that um, the second and last L. Neil, Neil Smith novel I read, Palace, was, P-A-L-A-S, which is basically about corporation, so basically um, um, colonizing an asteroid. At least half of it is colonized by corporations, the other half is colonized is colonized by the government, but the government is evil and bad and corrupt. So of course that half is oppressed while the 
corporation app is of course good and proper because they're good libertarians and that's that's freedom but what i was thinking of i haven't watched any of it i don't know if any of you have i'm guessing jesse hasn't because he hasn't mentioned it yet and i thought he would is the tv show for all mankind i've, I've watched seen it seen the first episode oh you have seen it so basically for listeners for all mankind is an apple tv show which has an alternate history where the soviets get to the moon first as, as far as the lunar landing and so the so basically the space race doesn't really stop there like it did in our history i mean for all intents and purposes i mean i'm not counting i mean the shuttle and skylab and stuff are really sideshows once we got to the moon ahead of the soviets the space race was basically over and but this with, with the soviets getting there first in this alternate history in this in this tv show the Americans can't have that, of course. So the space race money continues to be. NASA doesn't get defunded because you know you can't have you can't have you can't have the Ruskies having being lording over us on the moon. So space tra- space exploration is still funded by the government to a heavy degree. Did you know that there's an <laughs> alternative to GPS? GPS no. is the American system, and it's used by you know all the allies and. Uh, it could get turned off for the Russians. Right, so the so Russians have their own system. I did not know that. It's not as extensive. Um, but this is a country that has a very small GDP compared to the United States. <laughs> very small. Their uh, military expenditure is, you know, very slim compared to the U.S.'s. And yet they somehow seem to be able to, you know, keep their rocket program going and their it's a GPS program going it is a matter of priorities priorities and what you spend your money on i mean if you spend your money on tax breaks for the one percent then you don't have the money to uh or you take your money and you give it to private corporations to same difference same difference six to one half does the other does not well the difference is that is my point is uh, you know they sure they brought um the crew of star trek you know, in 1979, when they're showing off the Enterprise to, you know, Texas or wherever it was, they were showing it off. Maybe it was California. They're showing off the Enterprise um, space shuttle, which they used, you know, as a test bed. And they say, look at this, but they don't put them on it. And they don't say, you know, we're selling seats on this thing. I believe there was a sque- a real tight squeeze at one point where they were selling seats on, uh, Russian launches, and there was a couple of very rich guys who paid for, yeah. you know, training in the in the Soviet Union. And I, I vaguely remember saying, you know, oh, they're sellouts. We would never do that. <laughs> and now NASA <laughs> is gone, right? <laughs> NASA sort of f- focuses on, you know, its old legacy stuff. We've got probes up there, and yeah, I guess we're building something now, and look at this announcement. Here's some photographs. But what's Cape Canaveral got? Mysa, didn't you go see one of the last launches of a space well, shuttle? Well, I saw a space. I saw a Falcon Heavy launch. Oh, it was a yeah. Falcon Heavy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Was it cool? It was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Were you like Harriman, unable to describe the experience of seeing the launch? <laughs> well, um, no, it was like a fireball going up into the sky. There. I like that. That sounds good, and it was loud, right? And it was really loud. Yeah, the ground shook. Our hearts, our hearts soared with it. <laughs> and, and then you lost the next day. After it was like it. a sword going up. You were saying. <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> sword of the Archangel Gabriel or whatever. Exactly. We are going to all the planets now, Mars and Venus and the satellites of Jupiter, maybe the stars themselves. There you go. Um, if you look at uh, Hatfield's um, Hatfield's uh, Wikipedia entry, one of the things he do- he's you know he did a lot of sh- uh, shooting on the um, space station, right? Uh, one of the things he did was like government propaganda of the like here's the new five dollar bill, and then later on the same day here's the new ten dollar bill. Aren't we all excited about this plastic money? Yay! <laughs> It, what do you mean plastic money? Our money's plastic, Paul. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Used to be, it was made out of paper, now it's plastic. You can wash your money in the sink and it's fine. It doesn't soak up anything. <laughs> in fact, I do. Sometimes people have horrible you perfume wash on. your money in the This of is course. not a metaphor. No, nope. no, it's, it's literally plastic money. Mm. So, um, the idea here is you know, when the government's in control, uh, they sort of have some rules as to who they put on the spaceship. And it usually like there's tests like, OK, we want to get somebody who, you know, has a lot of skills and they, you know, we know they're loyal. So they were in the military or something like that. But there's no like I'm going to handpick my son. Right. Elon Musk hasn't gone up. So he's, he's sort of keeping it pure a little bit. But uh, what did Jeff Bezos I, do? I don't know. Compare, uh, comparatively, Paul. What did Jeff Bezos do? I'm going, and my brother. You never heard of him. What a, but he's what going. a fun family outing. Aren't you, like, aren't you just <laughs> jealous that he went to space with his brother wearing a cowboy hat? Was he wearing a cowboy hat? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He came, well, at least he was wearing a cowboy hat at the press conference afterwards. I don't know if the cowboy hat went up with him. Maybe, yeah. maybe somebody brought in a car and gave it to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just to make it... <laughs> a bag of diamonds. I found these in the stratosphere. Yeah, I went up. Just happened to find this. Yeah, the, the joke was he couldn't pick the, the right theme for his uh, 10th birthday party, so he just went with both of them. <laughs> well, I think they're a little older than 10, but yep. Um, but my point is, is, is uh, when you make it a private company, a private enterprise... You're siphoning money to a private corporation. One of the things he actually does early on in the story is he said, well, we're actually going to make two corporations. So if we get into trouble, which we will, um, we can put all the debts onto that company and keep going with the assets of this company. And that's like standard practice. So Heinlein knows all of these scams, the many, 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 many scams that corporations do to each other and the businessmen who are running them do to each other uh, to bilk the investors and to, you know, outright f- defraud uh, collectors and all that stuff. They they know all about that. He knows all about that. But it doesn't stop scouts. him. He, he knows about, uh, I don't think there's I any mean, Boy Scouts in this Boy one. Scouts. Yeah, he defraud the, he would literally, and what do they, what did they say to them? You know, always be honest. They have the <laughs> Boy Scout code, right? <laughs> Well, what he's saying is when it really counts, when the chips are down, fuck the Boy Scouts, fuck your wife, (laughs) fuck anybody who fucks around with your company. And that's why that tweet by Elon Musk, which is, you know, we will coup whoever we want. He he isn't he isn't bragging. He's just stating facts. Right. I need the lithium for my company. 
Oh, no, he's enjoying his power, right? But notice it's not I will coup whoever I want. It's I'm on Team America. I will coup. We will coup whoever we want. We you can't will, tell. We will coup you. <laughs> You're making it too nice, Paul. It's not a, I, I, it's not I, a happy I, thing. It. It's a sad <laughs> thing. It's a real sad thing because it, it's the, it's the, it's the naked horror, um, of this, I, you know, the sort of the extreme version. And it, I don't know if Musk's going to get to the moon. That's not really, there's no government contract for that, right? He has to build up the interest in that somehow still. And I mean, and his big thing is going to Mars, right? Like that's. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's no contract for that yet either. And honestly, Mars doesn't make sense militarily. So ginning up a war with the Martians, <laughs> maybe it's yeah, on the horizon. And anyway, Mars ain't the kind of place to raise your kids. <laughs> I believe that's another song <laughs> reference. So true, Paul. So true. I don't, um, I don't recognize it, but I believe that's a song reference. Yeah, you're not much of a rocket man, huh, Jesse? No, clearly not. I'm with Coralove. Those are the kinds of rockets I, I follow. The The moon is has the excuse of, you know, it it can control uh, the Earth, right? It's a And there's, pl- there's shit to mine there, so you can make fuel there. So the idea that it's... Um, a possible way of of getting more money out of the government is much more likely there. I think his dream of Mars is far less likely at this point, even though, you know, he's managed to make a big dent in the world in a way that a lot of the billionaire rich kid trust fund kids don't do. That's my case for why he needs to go to the back of the line of the guillotine party, which we're going to have. <sighs> Give him some ice cream. Maybe he can do some stuff while, while in line. But he's a bad guy, just like all the rest of them. But he's, his badness is somewhat mitigated by the fact that he is, he has an earnest desire for, uh, extension in the way that Harriman does. I, I quite like this story, but I was really surprised to see that it didn't end with the part that I thought was in Requiem. I was I was like, what? That's it? It is a prequel, as you point out, Paul. Oh, I, I thought it was touch. I thought the reference to Moses at the end was mm. like, like telling and touching. I mean, because since he had written Requiem before, he knows how the story will end. So. I mean, Moses does die at the edge of the promised land. So, yeah, it's a, he's basically dialing in the prophecy from the other story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not going to so, get, get that without dying. Yeah. So, yeah. I, 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 and and, and that's an interesting bit. Well, now you got me thinking. So why? So in the Bible, Moses, Moses is denied the promised land because he sinned against God, as I recall. Basically, he. Basically, that's why Moses doesn't get to go to get to enter the promised land alive because he he lost his faith and sinned <laughs> against God. The government, so what, the post office was God in this case. Uh, well, I, I was coming to the point: is is that is that the equivalent? Is it because he defrauded the post office? Is that why Harriman doesn't get to go to the promised land? I that's think- a very strange. Uh, well, very you might be being overly literal here, Paul. <laughs> I don't know. Kind of fits, but, but but remember, but will consider where Highland was born. 
Butler, Missouri. Butler, Missouri, right in the heart of the Bible Belt. He knows his Bible. He knows his he knows his religion. You haven't read uh, Job yet, have you, Will? No. Read Comedy Job. of Justice. Yeah, read Job. He understands religious fanaticism and and religion in a deep way because he was born and raised to it. So y- him using Moses, I wonder if he if it's just like, yeah, because Harriman did these horrible things to get to the moon. That's why he doesn't get to get a moonshot. That's why he that's why he's Moses and doesn't get to I, go. I think there's I, I you know what I I thought it made him a, a more sympathetic character. Yeah, it, he not does. being able to Makes it more tragic. It adds tragedy to it. So, it's mm. much more sympathetic, and that's why I'm saying exactly. It's like Musk didn't say me 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 me. He's all me 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 me, but he doesn't say. And I'm going to space on my first rocket that's not going to blow up. He still hasn't gone to space. Why is that? It's not that he's, he's like going to Mars on the one way mission. That's why. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see. He hasn't got a rocket they can get to the moon yet. Or maybe, maybe it's like a uh, what's it called? It's like um, the marching morons. He doesn't want to go. On, he's not going to go on his own own rocket to get uh, the dumb people off of Earth on a death trap to Venus. Although, and then again to that story. Sorry, I'm spoiling it for you. Christian probably haven't read it. Maybe Misa has. He basically gets uh, Shanghai onto his own rocket of death. At the end of Marching Morons? At the end of the Marching Morons? Yeah. Okay. It's you been don't a while. remember? Yeah. At, at I, the end of the Marching Morons. did a Morons, podcast on it. It's just a long time. It's a long time ago. I wasn't on that podcast, I don't think. Or was I? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it was at, so the early. End, at the end of the Marching Morons, he gets Shanghai on his own death trap rocket, tra- rocket to the Venus, along with the uh, other dummies. <laughs> There's a lot of dummies on that. Yeah, well, yeah it's, it, it, it's a, it's a. I mean, it, I mean, it's corn, it's corn booth, and he's and and he's depressive and pessimistic. So it makes sense. It's an evil to- story. It's not. It's not a good story. It's 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 not good it, in two it, ways. It, it's, it's the eugenics for one thing. The stupid. The, 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 he gets the eugenics completely wrong. Who who wrote this? C.M. Cornbluth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And he died early, so okay. He so, 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 Phoenix so is one of the bad things. What's the other, Jesse? Uh, it's bad in two ways. One is it, a lot of people think it's real. Um, so it's like um, Beggars in Spain by Nancy Cress. A lot of people, I know you hate that novel with a passion. I, I am troubled by it because people say this is uh, real, and it's it's um, it's like Ayn Rand, except. Um, you know, more current, and and hearing people liking that book is like, oh my god, this is evil. It's super evil. What's Beggars in Spain? It's a novel. It's a novel series, um, uh, and it was a short story before that about people who uh, are just better than you, Will. It, uh, they're just wait, better than you. See, they uh, don't need to Jesse, sleep. Jesse, that's not really explaining the plot well. They don't need you're, to you're, sleep. You're, you're explain, you're exp- yeah, yeah, yeah the base, basically some some children are born with the ability to not have to sleep, and so as, so they're just better than you. So they're so they they have more intelligence, more drive. They're just better than you. That's <laughs> the important part. Je- 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 Jesse. You're, you're not selling it as you're not it's selling a, it in a traditional way. It's a fans or slans style story where 
There are a, a group of uh, special people who really know how it is. And, and there's this mass of uh, black people or white people or whatever group we don't like that are just not as good. And so the fact that they need to die, that's a sad story for them. That's what it that that's what that book's about. Is that spoiling it, Paul? <laughs> um, I know how you feel about spoilers. But the but you know, I just say it's spoilers so much as it, you're really shading your opinions of the politics of the book into that. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's the greatest book ever, <laughs> but you're you're you're, 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 you're you're putting the weight on the scale of this is a terrible mm. book more than actually describing what the book is. Which I, is you know, I I haven't I haven't read uh, Hitler's Manifesto book, but <laughs> if um, I if I had, I might have an opinion about. It. I have read I have read this book by Nancy Kraft. I'm not saying your opinion is wrong, but I'm trying to describe what a book is. Just saying, oh, it's a terrible book is not. It's not a what what makes it terrible is the argument that it makes that there are these it like the you know what's cool about the x men is the x men is about uh oppressed people right people who are persecuted they don't take their superpowers and say uh we're better than you people they say we're people like you well, and then there's I, the it's, it's magneto and the and and his cadre who say we're better the league than you. of evil mutants. <laughs> yeah, the, those guys are like they have evil in the name, so you yep, know that they're that's like right. Wrong. They're the <laughs> league of evil mutants, Paul, and they say we are better than these horrible people who have been oppressing us, and that's why they're the bad guys. Whereas in this story by Nancy Cress, they're the good guys because they're better than us. That is wrong. You know, you take some group of people and you say they're better than. And the thing is, is it's a fantasy, right? There, are, uh, if you have a brain, you need to sleep. So saying they're now people who don't need to sleep and they can spend all their time studying and they just get they're more elite than you. They went to Harvard because of their merit, right? <laughs> because they studied harder than you did, not because their parents gave them a diamond mine when they were a kid, or you know, Justin Trudeau quote-unquote, won the lottery when his dad gave him a $1.2 million trust fund when he died, right? Yeah. Uh, that's not winning the lottery. That's your dad giving you a trust fund, right? And then well, yeah, that, that's, that, what did he that's, do? That's he took all that money and started painting his face and buying costumes. And then he becomes prime minister when his dad dies, not because he was the greatest guy ever. He was a mediocre actor who uh, was also, a, you know, a bar a bar defender and happened to be the son of a famous prime minister. It wasn't his merit. Oh, yes. He makes a very handsome actor. (laughs) I wouldn't want to have him as prime minister. (laughs) The the point is, is um, you can't have uh, the, the bad guys be the good guys in a story and, and have it be a, a non evil story. That's, that's evil. But we just had a novel where the bad guy was the good guy. That was a novella. There's a difference. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I want to, speaking of books, and I know we always return to this comment made by um, uh, our opinions are correct, that uh, mm-hmm. Heinlein is turgid. Oh, so turgid. And, I, and so I think this novel wasn't at all turgid, but I do um, 
I mean, it's. I, I think this novel flowed really well. Um, you really, should just, you really, should just uh, read Scalzi. Say again. Just read Scalzi. Oh, yeah, but uh, if if Scalzi had written this, I wonder what the role of women in the story would have been. They would be present. I mean, cons- cons- I mean, I mean, yeah, it was written in 1950, but consider the only female character with speaking in this whole story is Heron's wife, and she is not portrayed entirely sympathetically because she's she's basically she, a roadblock. She couldn't give Heron a baby, therefore she's evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well I, I, I mean, this gets into the whole. Hein- That's Hein-Lein it's so much Heinlein, right? It's it, uh, he lives in Colorado with his wife in his bunker. They can't have babies. He wants to go to the moon. This is just the Heinlein story, right? Well, you, well yes, Heinlein's infertility is shots th- shoots through a lot of his stories all the way up to Friday. Yeah, and and also the Selby on the sunset. So I want to mention this. I don't know if you read that one, Jesse. I don't recommend it to you. No, anybody. I haven't read To Sail Beyond. It's the last novel of Heinlein yeah. that was published in his lifetime. But basically, it turns out that Maureen Johnson, mother of Lazarus Long, is actually behind the scenes in the story being the mistress of oh, yeah, George Strong. And mm-hmm. basically gives money to help this project go along. Right. But you didn't see, it, see her at the, in the, that story. No, I, I saw it in the Wikipedia entry, though, yeah. Oh, okay. I I, I, I know all about Heinlein's books. I just I have not read the last few. I I mean that's that's the sort of I mean that's sort of retcon. Like, oh, I I'm not really sexist. Look, he does that all the time, though, right? You know, Moonie's harsh mistress has characters um, that show up in other books, right? Yeah, it's that's standard Heinlein. That that is very very. Incestuous is not the word. It's very self Oh, he's very incestuous too. Don't worry yes, about that. Yes, but, but for different reasons. <laughs> I, yeah, but it's very self-referential. <laughs> it almost seems like rehabilitates Herman's story a bit. Like, oh no, no, there really was a woman involved. It was it was Lazarus Long's mother, and she was just behind the scenes the entire time. Really? Oh no, honest, really. You just didn't see her. We just didn't talk about her. That's fine. And no, it's like oh, she's not on. important to the story. She's important to that story, not important to this story. Not like the post office. Yeah, not yeah, like how important the post office is. It gets more lines than the heroine's wife. In the it does, right? And it's yeah. because it is, I think, like God, it's thing you can't sin against. Don't go well, against the government interest. You can use, I, I thought it was really interesting that you can use the Soviets as a, and it's insightful too, right? You can use the Soviets as a whipping tool to get the government and or in the media in this case to manipulate you know to manipulate the world to get what you want this is you know it's why there it's why there is a military industrial complex rather than a uh a space program industrial co- complex like i would think it'd be really cool and i think misa would sign up for this right it's instead of working on you know more aircraft carriers and Ospreys and F-22s, they just spent all that time like making rockets to go to other planets. Wouldn't you be down for that, Misa? Absolutely. You put all that money, they're plowing into, you know, defense, quote-unquote defense, and you just put that into rockets. The problem with this is you can sell people on the idea that we need to be afraid of, you know, some the the commies in... In Russia today, right? 
the Russians are interfering with our election. Therefore, we need a stronger military, right? Or China, they're still communists and they want to take Taiwan. We need to spend money. And so it's really just a scam to get money out of the government. But try, you know, how do you sell, you know, the, the Alpha Centurions are stealing our precious bodily fluids. We got to go fight them over there if we don't fight them over here, right? It, it just doesn't work. Space fear I, I, I was, doesn't I was, work. I was thinking of, um, of, um, whatchamacallit, of, of that movie because I was thinking you're going to have to answer the Coca-Cola Corporation. It's Mocha-Cola. Mocha, no, no, Mocha-Cola. no, in, the, in, 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 uh, in Doctor Strange Love when they ah. shoot the, when they shoot the machine to get the quarters so they can make the phone call, it's like the the the, the guard caps the guard cap says you're gonna have to answer the Coca Cola Corporation, and that's a that's a laugh line. But I just thought it's of appropriate movie an, another novel novel. Unfortunately, it's a series, Jesse. So you're unhappy. Another novel that this rips off of this and thinks about the ideas of private private enterprise and space, and that would be Firestar by Michael Flynn. Have you read it, Jesse? No, I've never even heard of it. I've heard of Michael Flynn. I'm 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 going to throw I'm gonna I'm gonna make an assumption that neither Marissa nor Will have read this book. I don't know about Marissa. But I have <laughs> Misa ah, my God. I apologize, Misa. That's <laughs> that all the fleeting time. It's not Oh, you you got served, Paul. <laughs> I got I, I got served. Anyway. Firestar and its sequels is it was written in the nineties. It's it's about a wealthy woman, female fe- female uh, female uh, entrepreneur capitalist who decides to revive interest in space, techno by basically technologically bootstrapping an education program and a space program in a Harriman like manner, but it's over it's over time and. She's trying to build up infrastructure and spacecraft and earth earth to ground reusable spacecraft that are better than shuttles, et cetera, et cetera. And it comes up with all the problems of, uh, well, how do you actually get in space? I mean, she's like, she's, she's Elon Musk, but I don't know if the word's not as evil. I mean, she's supposed to be a sympathetic character, but Flynn's views on education and his politics on that are kind of, uh, I remember at the time, but she basically tries to basically get man into space because the novel starts with her as a, as a child seeing a shooting star and her father telling her what it was. And then she realizing, well, if that shooting star had hit the earth, that would be bad. We, therefore we must get into space so that, so, so that we can see these things and be ready in case. And that's I think hit. the comet it's, would be good at this point. <laughs> it, it, I, mean, I mean, this was this was written, this came out the before. Asteroid that, that comes things. to hit the Earth. I'm like, come on, hurry up, <laughs> so, faster! We need so, so you. It's, so it's a much it's more. You want a dinosaur apocalypse? That, I mean, I, I think we need it. It's not that I want it. It's just that you know we need. I don't know if we need it. We. What would happen to your comic book collection, Jesse? We we got to get it up to the moon, is what I'm saying. D- digitize oh, you, it, get it up to the you moon. Could just, you just turn it into NFTs, right? Uh, I I don't really understand NFTs. I'm trying to understand them. It it, it it's basically Bitcoin for images. Well, that's what I mean, I've, I, I, I've I, been told. And, and with all the problems that that ha- that Bitcoin have, but none of the none of the uh, 
I mean, with no redeeming values whatsoever, that's what Bitcoin does, but that's a different conversation. Bitcoin's but, just currency, so. Um, what's, I, I'm not supposed to talk politics on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that one. With you. But anyway, uh. so yes, the whole, yeah, so, so yeah, this is like, how many novels did he actually write? I only read like the first couple, but I'm trying to remember how many actually novels actually wrote in this series. You need to oh, pre-order oh them all God, like, because like, pre-orders like, equal love and we all need more love on this planet. Oh, oh, so like, so like four novels in the, in the, in the Firestar series. It's like. It, it, anytime you've got a series like that, it has to, uh, I would think it has to be the character supposed to be sympathetic, right? It has to be. Otherwise, you know. I, 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 I mean, she winds up having a on again, off again romance with a teacher in one of the schools she starts and they have long arguments about politics in the book. But, you know, most – wow, only one of them is actually on Kindle. That's interesting. Only one of them is actually in print. That's weird. So this this protagonist, how would she feel about Bitcoin? Um, I I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, it, I mean it came out 20 years before Bitcoin was even invented. But, I mean, but her driving thing is man's got to get into space, 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 space. So she basically builds – basically develops Earth – basically suborbital – um, ships and winds up leasing them to the U.S. government to stop a. Now this is before the Bosnian uh, war. Leases them to stop fighting in the Balkans, which is like a few years later. I thought, oh my god, it, because you know, quick way to get troops to to a location is a suborbital ship, and she basically goes, goes from there to basically trying to build space stations and basically get get. Get mankind interested in space as a going business concern. She so she's always after a profit, but so I mean, she's not she's not idealist, but she's also wants to make money and wants to make it sustainable because you know, Flynn is quasi libertarian. So, oh, that's evil. I don't know how she. What's yes? I mean, it, it, it is mostly is is Marissa von Heighten. That's the name of the character. I just looked it up. Sorry. So I, I think maybe that's also what got into my brain. My, I apologize. It's like that might be why I threw, threw the wrong name at you. Anyway, Marissa von Heighton isn't as evil as D.D. Harriman or Elon Musk. But, you know, even back then in the 90s when my politics were not as enlightened as now, I thought, like, <laughs> really? I think that really you're really going – you're going, to, you're going to rip and destroy what remains of the U.S. public education system to quote, quote, save a few people. It's like, what? Yeah. We need to delete the public education system and start again. I mean, I mean, she was, she was the idea of like, oh no, but she just, no, my, my private schools are better and we'll, we'll have those funded and the public schools can wither away. And, 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 and the teacher I was talking about who gets, gets recruited from one. Basically, so what about those kids? Just says, well, at least we'll save a few, and not my schools. It's like, wow, that's a really save. fucking, save. yeah, we're, we're, we're really fucking uh, sociopathic of you. Yeah, let the others, let the others uh, sweat. You're not sink. selling me on this book, Paul. No, I, I'm not. I stopped after book one. Of course, I didn't read the rest of the series. Uh, probably wise. Uh, same, same with me. I didn't read the rest of the Beggars series. So it's like I, I was one and done with the series. No offense to Michael Flynn, but yeah, 
I mean, it sounds like there's some offense. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Slap in the face. No offense. No offense, but Yeah, I find your ideas horrifying. No offense. Uh, <laughs> hey, Nancy Kress, your book is fucking evil, and anybody who likes it is evil. No offense. <laughs> um, I think there's a difference between liking a piece of fiction and then be- and believing it's a. I think the reason we read uh, read this story is not because you know I, I everybody should follow the uh, the the blueprint, which some people have done. But rather, we need to face facts, and this is has been a blueprint for people, and it's important to understand where this stuff comes from, right? It's oh yeah, totes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's why it came into sort of you know like what what are we gonna we're gonna do Heinlein? Oh, we could do that one. Well, that makes sense, right? It, it really echoes with what's going on, and that's scary because what else? What other books are lurking in the background? affecting people's reality i know there's lots and i don't know all the books so that's a problem right when there's some phenomena happening on the earth and we don't understand it it's good job and our job to go and try and understand it Hmm. so i saw something about how jeff bezos read all these asimovs and uh heinleins as a kid and that's why he's and i'm like i don't buy it I don't no, buy it. I, I believe that he was aware of it, but I don't think he was inspired by it. Whereas mm-hmm. I think Musk is very clear that he was like, this is what I want. And then he stopped reading it because of like, I've got to focus on my plan. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, do you think that Bezos might have set up a foundation somewhere to like, you know, like build back from the fall of civilization that's coming that he's going to cause? A foundation like an Asimov foundation? Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, I think really? that's um I think that's the New York Times and that columnist who thinks uh Paul Krugman. That him. Yeah. Krugman. He thinks he's foundation. He, he thinks he's Harry Seldon. <laughs> he thinks he's Harry <laughs> yeah, Seldon. Well, yeah, he got into As his columns too. are are the you know, the writings of Harry Seldon making the world a better place. It's I, I'm a psycho historian. Uh, I mean, I like, <laughs> or a psycho. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's got psycho in the name. <laughs> I'm a I'm a psycho of my word. Oh wait, that's a has anybody thing. seen the terrible show? I I saw. Brian. I don't have Apple TV, so no, I have not. How did you see that other Apple TV show? Huh, Paul? Hmm? I didn't see it. I just oh. I said it just knew it existed. Oh, I didn't say I actually watched it. I, just I knew it. Existed. I pirated it. That's how I got it, and um, I. It was so good, I didn't watch the second one. I said, that was too good for me. I am not worthy. <laughs> I said, it's not It's not that good. I did see a clip showing some, you know, fight between the Soviets and the Americans on the moon. But I, I was like, eh. Well, the interesting thing, I did see that show. And the interesting thing about it is um, they put women, actually, because, okay, here, here we have... We have one woman who is his secretary who says, sir, there's somebody waiting to see you. And then there's his wife and that's it. But um, in that show, they it wasn't just that the Russians got there first. It, they put they made the women like integral to the space race uh, and they, in the man for all mankind. Yeah. And that, it isn't isn't that I think that's part of why because it, it's a it has this historic historical setting, right? 
Mm-hmm. So it was yeah. like uh, when I watched, I started watching a movie called uh, Overlord. And I'm like, when is this? Where is this? And it turns out it's like right before D-Day, like the night of D-Day. And there's a black uh, sergeant giving a white uh, soldier orders on this drop. And I'm like, I'm out. It's just lies. <laughs> they didn't have integrated <laughs> units. So what mm-hmm. kind of story are you going to tell me? You're going to tell me a lie story. Right? Not you're not going to teach me anything. You're not going to. You're just retro changing. So you know who, Misa, has women in their space program? Alternate history, Jesse. No, yes, the yes. Soviets. Yes, this oh, is, yes. This is, yeah. Right. I, I, but, yeah. They have women in their fucking army, in their navy, right. and they're fighting the fucking war. Because they actually believe, it's part of their ideology, that women are not just equal, they are equal. They're not just, you know, oh, like, oh, we could be, you know, no, it's like they're, they're in it together because we're all on the same team. We're on team human, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it makes sense for the Soviets to do it. But if the Americans are, you know, uh, there, wasn't there a, um, yeah, there was a book series. Uh, Paul, you know this, I'm sure. Mary Robinette Kowal. Yeah, yeah, I, I was going. I was, I was trying to bring her up. Yes, the right. Lady Astronauts. So she, right, the Lady Astronaut series, and it has an alternative history of uh, space program and all that stuff. But, uh, well, but there was there was there was there were it's some fake. Con- there were some because I mean, starting in nineteen in the late nineteen fifties, there was a program. None of them actually got to go to space. There was a program to train women as astronauts, the Mercury 13. Mm-hmm. And so Mary Robert Coral takes that and is like, well, what if we actually had a comet strike in the United States? And so we really need to get people in space. So we're going to get women into space as well as men. Bingo. What if we weren't super sexist? <laughs> well, well, there's that too. But, but I mean. What if we the, actually thought women need to be equal under the law? <laughs> I, 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 I mean. No, I mean, also, she, I mean, also, the Comet Strike also gives a ticking time bomb to the Earth is gonna, is screwed up for its climate, so getting into space is also good. So she gets a twofer. She gets to have women in as in a, in a country that has to turn less sexist because well, we need them, and also <laughs> you know, ticking time bomb. So she gets a she gets alternate history and gets to have women in better roles. And it's a the, great, it's a great series if you if no one has if you haven't read it yet, you should. Read it. No, I've I've read the reviews. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm not against Mary Robinette Kowal. It's just I've read the reviews, and it's a series. And I I, I heard series, but it's good. Yeah, but also no, I heard uh, Luke review it, and he didn't like it. And if he doesn't like it, I won't like it. Luke, Luke Burridge. Um, you know, I realize we never actually said his name, Werner von Braun. Um, he's the SS guy who ran the American Apollo program. Um, sort of hush hush, but also standing there with JFK and all that stuff. Um, you know, the Nazis were super against women, you know, being in the military, right? They needed them. They, you know, had to do it at some points in some places, but they really didn't want women fighting. They didn't want women involved because their role was in the home, you know, making the babies and, you know, making the babies. And, you know, I don't know, making strudel or whatever it was. They're, making they're strudel and soldiers. I, I, I like the strudel. Don't make the soldiers. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not liking this image of uh, Luke with his frowning face holding a phone, the calculating stars on it. Oh, uh, in his podcast? 
Yeah, no, he doesn't. Yes. Yeah, he gives you sort of a review by smile. I think that's better than star ratings. Um, or he I, has a confused look. I disagree look. very strongly with well, you. Have to listen to his, opinion, but you have to listen to the episode, I guess. I've listened to the episode. It, 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 he makes the case for me not reading it. Absolutely, str- very strongly. Um, and, and, and can you summarize that case? Because listeners, uh, it was a long that. time ago. Um, but basically, it sounds like there's a lot of things in it that will make Jesse go no. And what, like what? Um, not caring about certain uh, facts about. Um, uh, it's been a long time, but I believe not caring about certain facts about like ballistics and stuff like that. <laughs> like how much time in this book was spent uh, getting the actual rocket going? Not that much, right? We don't actually get the rocket in the air until about, I was saying, two thirds of the way through something like that. But they spend uh, quite a bit of time or at least a, a an important section of the book talking about how many stages it needs to be, right? And how they're going to make those stages. What uh, another place where I thought this needed an illustration is they're actually recycling the the uh, capsule, right, from an uh, a previous rocket, which is a mistake, right, that Heinlein makes that you know you should design the capsule for the uh, the lifting device, right? Right. And he he it's a it's a mistake, and I think it's because he thought that it would be more like a shuttle. Right, that this that tip on the end of this rocket stack is going to be reused and reused and reused, and that's not how. I mean, that's that's even still uh, Musk's plan, right? Is you know make these rockets reusable. Um, it's just a big fuel tank with a little sp- spaceship on the end, um, and a, you know giant fuel tank on the end. So caring about stuff like that is very important. But Misa, get this. Will get this. Paul. Get this. This story was written before the actual moon program. So Heinlein, you know, he's talking about how many stages it's going to need and how how hard the trip's going to be and, you know, whether the fuel will ignite from gamma rays or whatever. But he's doing that all prior to this having actually been done. Whereas calculating yes. stars... You know, this was done when, you know, Mary Robinette Koal was... Probably not even alive. I was bo- I was born right as the last of the uh, Apollo programs was going to the moon. So it's like not even almost in my lifetime at all. And yet, how can we not care about those details? We should care about those details. Heinlein cared so much that he kind of made it happen. Right? Why does JFK say we need to go to the moon? I think it's a way of him trying to direct the military industrial complex away from you know ginning up war all the time and making it sort of like we can we can exercise our muscles not by throwing spears at the enemy but by having sort of an olympics con- style contest so that we can flex but i mean when when uh, when they actually get to the moon when the americans get to the moon they don't say hey we're going to sell real estate all over this place they say for all mankind, hence the name of that show, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't say, we claim this planet in the name of uh, the United States, even though they put the flag there. They say, we did this for all mankind, and they reach out and say, hey, um, Soviets, we got here first, but we're not, we're not putting a moon base on here with nukes on it. 
In fact, why don't we say have a treaty of space and, you know, have no wars in space? Now, where are we? Well, now there's a space force. Space right? force! <laughs> it's the opposite of the direction we were in. And that's why things are so fucked up. Is because the instincts to, you know, try and restrain insanity have gone away. And we're, we're more and more in the Harriman situation. Uh, that's interesting. I was looking. I was looking at like I was googling who owns the moon, and um, and I saw a, a video from the Economist about it, and they were talking about that space treaty from 1967. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. to benefit all mankind and stuff, but they were talking about um, the deep sea here mm-hmm. and the uh, the the law of the seas, yep. where um, it's supposed to be that that some of some of it is for developed for countries and some of it is for everybody. And um, but so they said that if a developed country does go into the sea and, and the proceeds should go to help less developed countries, that's the law of the sea. But the Americans refuse to ratify it. And so they're saying, so what's going to happen on the moon? They're not going to ratify like it's, if it's going to be it's always the, the Americans who never ratify. It's the U.N. It's the League of Nations. Right. It's always we are the exception. Mm-hmm. Everybody else signs up for it. And then the, no, no, it doesn't apply to us. You can't make laws for us. You right. know, it's usually their plan. Yeah. It's so fucked up. Um, the law of the sea, you guys probably don't know where this came from. It's really interesting. Um, there was this Dutchman, his name Hugo de Groot. And he was basically a lawyer, a philosopher, lawyer. And he was basically going around saying, hey, 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 hey. Why can't we all be tolerant of each other? <laughs> and eventually sort of somehow came into this idea like, you know, I can't fish in your territory and you can't fish in my territory, but... Um, you know, let's not start wars. Why, why don't we just be tolerant of everybody all the time? <laughs> and, and so that like for a time, there was these ideas, you know, like we'll make a treaty and we'll stick to it. We'll make a treaty of no torturing people and we'll stick to it. And it's like, no, that's all gone now. That's mm-hmm. why we need the, the comet or the asteroid or the giant meteor coming to the earth because <laughs> the dinosaurs need to start uh, and fix things. <laughs> up for us because clearly we fucked this up so badly you know paul's paul's trying to say you know it's not fair that public schools are going to be defunded like public schools are fucking terrible they're really fucking terrible yes but wiping out humanity when did you turn into a nihilist jesse i don't think that's nihilism exactly it's Um, it's dinosaurist I mean, I mean, I mean, ending human civilization that's that's pretty i'm not sure i'm not sure it's uh all that present as it is. We've got a lot of cities. Um, but are they very civilized? Yeah, what's your definition of civilization? So, so civilization living in an advanced technological society, however unevenly distributed it is at the mm-hmm. current. Wow. Um, um, a comet striking would be terrible, Jesse. We'll see. It's inevitable that a comet will I'm not. I'm not committed to the comet either. I'll, I'll go with asteroid. Um. Yeah, meteor, I, I, whatever you like. I, I mean, I mean, I never see. I have when seen worlds this collide. That that'll be, that'll be fine too. What's that? When worlds, you know, two uh, rogue planet. Yeah, stealing. There you go. I, I I mean, I don't know what I'm. I'll have to see if I can find the time to find Luke's exact beef with the ballistics and the calculating source. I can't believe it's been a long time since I heard. I, that. I can't exactly believe that. 
someone someone who talked to NASA NASA engineers would get something ballistics so blindly uh, wrong. Uh, again, I I'm I'm just so, I, I I didn't I didn't retain the information other than to say it sounds like a book not for Jesse. So I mean I mean there could be I may be attributing for, things a book to not for Je- Je- Jesse, but I mean saying that she got her ballistics wrong sounds very unlike her. I, again, I do not know that that was the particular it issue. Very, what's that? Maybe it was the f- not focusing on the ballistics. I do not remember. When did that episode come out? It was probably later last year. Um, it came out is episode 385. I don't know what I don't see a date on this no. thing, so I don't okay. know. In any case, uh, the book came out a couple of years ago, right? Yes, the book is the book. The book is a couple of years old at this yeah. point. I, I like her as a person. She's done reviews for the website. I'm not against her as a person, but I didn't want to read her book based on that review. But I w- I don't expect to read most books, right? Yeah, I, I I know you prefer to read books that are out of print. That's fine. <laughs> you, you hate series and you hate. It's not that they're out of print. Don't read, you don't read. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Books, ones general. I read are in print. They're just. You know, public domain. <laughs> it's not, I'm, I'm not I'm trying to be obscure for the purpose of being obscure, although I do like that too. It's because I, I want to understand. I think, you know, there's a lot of books being published that don't need to be published. I don't, I don't have time to read everything. So I gotta, I gotta winnow. Well, I think it's, yeah. I think it's worthy of having read this a second time in my life. Mice, this is your first time, right? For Requiem, yeah, yeah, and uh, Will, same. You're not a deep into oh, Heinlein, yeah. hip deep. I'm not double dipping. I've uh, yeah. still on my my initial Heinlein journey, not, and not turgid, <laughs> right? Initial Heinlein journey. That's that almost sounds like a almost like a death march in some ways. I mean, I'll, I, although there is some Heinlein, I wouldn't touch again with a ten foot pole. Um, but you know, but uh, the point the point is is you. You when you pick up a Heinlein, you're like, "Wow, this is amazing!" And also, you want to like slap him and say, "Don't do that and stop doing." That. <laughs> but he's very compelling, right? Because yeah. he's got the he's got the goods. Well, yeah. once, once we're finished with the podcast, I know I noticed there's a Heinlein coming up in the schedule, so maybe we can talk. Uh, that mice is a question mark. Maybe we can talk. Uh, I think she's. A, I think it. she's in for it. Yeah. 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 It's a star beast. But but I'm trying to think if there's anything else I have to say about. Uh, the man who sold the moon. Um, well, here's a question: Would I, and I? And the answer is yes, of course. Would would D.D. Uh, Harriman sell NFTs to finance his moon project? Of course, he would. Probably. I don't know what NFTs are. Still, I, I understand that. non-fungible tokens. Would, 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 would he try to get money from cryptocurrency to finance his space program? Yes, of course he would. Yeah. But the question is: what, what wouldn't he do to get to the moon? Well, I think that's a better question. I think what, that that's sort of answered in the story, right? Um, one, one of the things is he wouldn't he wouldn't really break his word uh, to a person, right? So there's a line about you know this this uh, personal loan that I'm making to you, and I'll call it when when it needs to be made. And so he he says, "I'm not as long as you don't go bankrupt, right?" And he says, "Well, I wouldn't go bankrupt or something like that." The idea is, is there's a personal honor there, right? Sure, it's fine to screw, you know, other companies 
out of it, it, it's stuff. It's trying to screw, screw uh, philatelists, but they uh, never met. Yeah. Philatelists, thank you. Yeah. And trying to screw them. Uh, because, because also, like, it, they are going to hold that value, assuming, you know, once you don't go down the road of slippery slope lying, it's pretty tough to climb back up. <laughs> Which is why you don't want to go down a slippery slope of lying. But he tries to skirt that line for the most part. And so when he doesn't do when he doesn't do what he he says he's gonna do, right? That is gonna be sort of the only place. So NFTs are a scam, it seems like. Um, but almost I, I know, everything's a scam. The I, tulip, I know a bunch of Photographers are experimenting with it as a way to try to make money, but they're making money basically in cryptocurrency because they're all sold in cryptocurrency. I'm thinking, but you're selling. I, I, I mean, that I, I retweeted it. I don't know if you saw uh, the image where they had an image of Quark and Odo basically have a conversation about NFTs and 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 uh, Odo saying, "Well, I'm not going to contraband on my station." And Quark says, "There's nothing. There's nothing to contraband. It's brilliant." And I'm thinking. The person who did that image clearly understands how much of a scan NFTs is because, of course, Cork would be into them. And Odo would hate them. Okay, so here here's an exchange I have with somebody who's deep into NFTs. Oh, um, so I basically, I basically, I was saying I don't grok what they're about um, <laughs> yeah. because you know I understand I understand everything you're saying, Paul. But mm-hmm. I say why should we care? So um, I said um, I keep sending him. Little things like, uh, like this for this one. I, I I get the feeling sometimes I get less stuff sent to me from you than other than everybody It's else. true because I'm very you. You react difficultly. You don't have like you think it's maybe you know a dig when I mean everything's a dig. But I like I I was said um, he says to me you should sell some sort of SFF audio listener membership NFT. And I said I don't know what NFTs are. And then I sent him, uh, the, some guy, this insane project that he's trying to make money with and is making money with, where he calls them Philip K. Dick drawings, but it's just a black circle with a character list. I remember those. Okay. Yes, so I say, are these <laughs> NFTs? <laughs> no, no, no. If you sell the digital rights to them by a cryptocurrency, that would make it an NFT. Like, if, like if I took one of my pictures. And, I, I and, understand, but uh, follow, follow this rights. thread, Will, because the uh, Will, follow this thread, Paul, because this is this is my point. Is I understand what you're saying, but I don't understand the motivation. I think it's a mistake to make money. I understand that, but money That's is not what they're getting. They're getting, they're getting, uh, uh, you know, they're, cryptocurrency. They're, 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 they're getting crypto. They're using cryptocurrency to buy what is an artificial scarcity. I mean, yes. take my photo. I, 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 I get just, it, Paul. I just send them out there, and as long as you don't fuck with them and use them for things like hateful memes against other people, that's fine. You want to use it as your background for your home computer? Go ahead. But if you want, let me let me give these examples, okay? The Kingdom of Redonda. This is an island in the Caribbean, right? Uh, it's unpopulated. It's covered in guano. It used to be a guano mine. Um, there was this author. Um, his name was M.P. Scheel, who claims that his father crowned him King of Redonda when he was a boy. So what does this guy do, this scammer, this, uh, you know, rapist, this, um, 
plagiarist do? He gets his, he says his friends, you are now a lord of Redonda. And this spreads, right? This idea of this micronation with no population based on an actual island and this spurious claim of this guy and what his dad said to him. Maybe his dad lied to him. But how can you have a kingdom of a of an island that's never had a population on it, other than, you know, some miners at one time. You can't. It's a scam, right? But it's a scam that has legs. So I say, pretty sure these are NFTs, and talking about, you know, Vincent Price getting becoming a lord of Redonda, There's somebody granting him that. It, they're selling bullshit, right? So uh, I, I keep laughing at all these explanations. He's, he says to me, basically, NFTs can be anything. It's like how when websites first came out, people just put dumb pics on them. More and more utility will be developed with them. Your software license keys and memberships to various organizations will all be NFTs in the future. And I'm like, okay, but why do we want that? If something is infinitely replicable, like digital code, or and I'm putting this in square brackets, Paul, or Paul's photographs, why do we want to make it scarce? And then he says... Substack, Patreon, etc. will either integrate NFTs or be replaced by other platforms that integrate with them. And that, I think, is the key to understanding it. The reason NFTs don't make any sense now is because it's a technology that we don't have a use for. And so this idea of, you know, making artificial things scarce, uh, things that are naturally, infinitely replicable scarce, is not well understood. And so people try and apply it to things in the wrong way. So he says, think of it more as your password for your accounts. If you have an NFT for a website, you just log in with that rather than having to enter your password. And he says, the JPEGs are largely useless proof of concept. And I say, that makes sense, I guess. I only have passwords to sites that I keep uh, hackers out or to keep government corpse out. Or corpse out, corp corporations. And he says, yeah, you would basically be like trying, tying all your online accounts to your Ethereum wallet so that you just need to connect. Uh, Ethereum's a kind of cryptocurrency. Yeah, that's uh, the one that's used for NFTs. Connect all, our wallet to a website and log in. And I said, that last one sounds good. Software should be free. So, uh, Paul, trying to make your images scarce, it, it's like th there are people who buy digital clothing for their avatars in the games they play. Yeah, like like the Sims and stuff. Or PUBG. It's fucking insane. Oh, yeah, or PUBG. That's a good thing. These things are infinitely replicable. Making it artificially scarce. You know, when you publish a book, it takes paper. It takes sewing. It takes glue. It takes trucks. When you copy an ebook, it takes virtually nothing. Right? There's no essential cost to it. So trying to make that uh, like a regular scarce product is stupid and wrong. Evil, one might even say. And that's uh, that's my point. Is like, uh, So, yeah, Harriman would use it um, if that's what would get him some money to finance his goal. Right? It, Elon Musk needs lithium for his car batteries. Not because... He likes cooing people. Maybe he enjoys the coup as well, but more importantly, he needs the lithium. And so he's he's actually in favor of coups if it helps him. 
He's in favor of fucking people over if it, if it helps him. But it's all on the purity of the goal. Whereas I, I don't feel like, uh, Bezos is, has a pure goal other than, you know, me. <laughs> me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or like you were saying, the people climbing Everest, right? It, it's a, it's a checkbox, but, um, do they okay. want it? Do they okay. want it because they want to have challenged themselves to the highest mountain on the earth, or do they want it because they want to be in the class of people who can say, "I have a photo well, of Obama, me shaking Obama's hand," right? Yeah, like that. Like there's, there's a, um, there was. I mean, we saw it because we walked past it. There's a resort just outside of Namche Bazaar, and rich people fly from Kathmandu in a helicopter to that resort so that, that they can. So skipping three days of hiking so they can see Everest from that resort. Hmm. I mean, that that's the cheaper version of hike, act, uh, going on the actual hike. It's like you can fly – because we saw the helicopters. They fly to the resort hmm. so they can sit there and see the mountains. That's a lot of work to hike. And then they can fly, fly back to Kathmandu without actually having to do the actual hiking. Mm-hmm. And it, and <laughs> the, the reaction of all, all the trekkers is like, what the – what did you do that for? Well, but, you, know, you know, if you're disabled or something and rich. That's, I mean, dis- disabled people, yeah, I get that. But there's not enough disabled people. Oh, or just old people, people, you know, whatever. I'm mm. not I'm not begrudging people helicopter rides. I'm begrudging uh, only rich people getting helicopter rides. I think <laughs> we need to have helicopter rides to and from the hospital, government uh, not, you know, discriminating based on you know, which helicopter pilot we think would be, uh, you know, best seen next to this celebrity, which is why, why Kirk going to space or, uh, Shatner going to space Shatner is not, space. is not, um, is not, it's interesting as in, uh, this is sort of a marker as where we are now as a society, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, so, it, uh, oh, so, so, yeah, so, but, so where we are is, um, uh, you think Harry men would use NFTs, but we don't need NFTs as a society, right? It, it just it's, it, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe we do, uh, um, you know, for website tokens to move stuff around and stuff. I, I, I'm all in favor of getting around government uh, control of of how we spend and communicate. Absolutely. So if that helps with that, great. But uh, the JPEG thing is ridiculous. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. And thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash SFF Audio. That's when we broke. Who are you playing against? Oh, some BC family. Oh, damn Jesse. them. <laughs> uh, fuck them. Whoever they are. Fuck those. Fuck those. Probably West some Coasters. of my cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's your family. <laughs> Probably. I-, I was the only one that didn't get to go. I don't. I I haven't watched that show for a long time. I don't watch shows. Basically, is what it is. Uh-huh. Um, all right, I'm gonna spit my gum out.
I think we have everybody who was supposed to be here, right? Paul, Will, my son, my sis has a question mark. I'm taking that away. And then um, we can do a show. It feels weird, though, because we just did one yesterday. You did? Yeah, with Will. Will's got his um, pulp. No. The planet has that, has that released, stars. Will? Is it going now? Um, no, it hasn't released yet. Um, I uh, there was a big gap in my recordings um, for for several months uh, because of my issues. So yeah. I, um, I I hope to start releasing next year. Um, I've got uh, I'll have by the end of the month I'll, I should have nine in the can. I want to have twelve in the can mm-hmm. before I start releasing, and right. then uh, you know we'll see if those are any good and if I want to make more. You need at least seven months in the can. <laughs> So how often are you going to put them out then? I think I think monthly, um, oh, okay. uh, unless I change my mind. Uh, well, you put the but, first uh, one out and then you don't say. And if you're really excited about it, you can put the next one out the next week. But then you have a huge commitment. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. Commitment. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm just committing to putting out twelve total. So that's oh, okay. uh, that way I, I don't have to. You can do a different um, magazine after that. Yeah, or I can I can do whatever I want. Like, uh, so that's that's the plan. Yeah, because there's other magazines and there's other Beyond Science Fiction is a good one. It it's uh, got a lot of great stuff in it. It's short lived. Um, also called just Beyond and Beyond Fantasy. It's got a uh, fellow Kiddick's story called the Upon the Dull Earth, which is one of the ones I think about all the time. Well, have you, well, haven't you done it on some of one of your probably, podcasts? Probably. Mm. That doesn't stop Will from getting in there. You could just keep it called the Plant Stories Podcast and do different magazines. You could. You could. And then, then, then you would have an about page to explain why it's called Plant Stories, even though you're doing a story from, say, What If or something. Hmm. If, so, not What If. What If is the Marvel one. Yeah, I I picked that on purpose. Okay. Yeah, I could do I could do a. I I don't know if I want to do a comic book podcast. I feel like there's a lot of those. There there are, but you know you should keep your options open. What if that that could be a what if episode uh, issue? What if Will did a what if? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be very meta. <laughs> that should be the first episode. <laughs> like as much as I know about comic books, I feel like what Twitter has taught me is that there's just like. An army of people who know more about oh, comic yeah. books than I do. Clearly, and and you know, I don't know, I don't know about those people. Ah, it's hard to understand them, isn't it? I feel like everybody knows more about everything than I do. Like right now, at this moment, the three of you know more about what we're going to talk about. Do uh, uh, I don't think that's true. Let's get started, and we'll see. Okay. <laughs> well, I see you know much more about theater and productions save it we're not arguing we're not this is not a show about how great mice is because that will take all night if we want to make that show i'm that's what i'm saying i'm I'm trying to help mice out here by thanks paul thanks paul i appreciate you so much jesse listen (laughs) i'm gonna save my praise for where it actually counts when it's publicly displayed okay oh okay so when i come to bc no, well, I meant on the podcast, but that's fine. Yeah. Well, let me get my backup recorder going first yes, before please. we do this. Because that's important. Oh, it is. It's, it's, every once in a while, I'm 
I'm like, every oh, once shit. in a while things will go south. Yeah. So we want that to actually work. Can you get... hear my cats banging around upstairs? Cannot, no. Okay. Are they are, are they happy cats? They're ecstatic right now, apparently. <laughs> our, our cats were playing. Our cats were playing very sweetly this morning um, outside. Uh, just a sweet game well, of murder. Uh, how well, many of was, them are yours now? Um, well, you know, it's it's like none of them, but all of them. Right. Um, uh, one of them went missing, and we were like totally heartbroken. So that that'll give you the. the oh, sense. like really went missing? I thought that was going to say, and then came back. No, no. Well, uh, I'm. I, you know, hope springs eternal. Um, he got his little paw, he got his hind paws injured, Aww. and then he was, like, crying outside, and we were like, okay, like, we'll just put him in the dog igloo and igloo. let him, you know, do his cat stuff. That's and, like, racist, of- Will. Dog igloo. I don't know how it's racist, but it's it's, it's speciesist. It's pettist. We, yeah, we have a we have a dog igloo that we got and gave to the cats, but we still call it a dog glue. Um, <laughs> dog glue. Um, but uh, yeah, like he either got got by this like cat we had for a short time, or like the dogs next door, and then after he was injured, he just disappeared. So he could be hiding out somewhere, healing up, or you know, we just don't know. Oh. Um. But the the cat the cat the remaining cats were very cute this morning. One was um, hugging its sibling and like chewing on its ear, um, and that was pretty nice. That's adorable. Yeah, because um, like I would like to chew the cat's ear as well, but <laughs> obviously, you know, that's too not dignified. Really too dignified. My my daughter's puppy was here last yesterday, and he wanted to chew the cat's ears too, and they wanted to rip his head off. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's Dude. cycle of life. It really is. Every once in a while, our dog will like the the cats will get up in the window, and our dog will like see them or sense them somehow. Our dog's pretty blind, and just like lose her mind, like just yeah. like it's not good. <laughs> All right. Okay, um, we ready? Let's do this. I, I, because I have gaming today, so we should probably. Right. Oh yeah, match. let's. All right, you have gaming a lot. You had one last night. I, I, well, that's a different. That's a different GM and a different. I mean, this this gaming is my local group, although we've not met in person since before the pandemic. But yes, but right. this is a heavy gaming and podcasting weekend. Paul is a gamer. I am a gamer. Did you see uh, y'all see um, Will's uh, what it's like to date me pictures? That was yes. Cute. I, I I would do something like that, but the trolls would just pile on my posts, so I won't. Mm. Because ever since I unlocked my account, of course, the trolls have kept uh, coming in. Yeah, I saw the uh, FBI thing this morning. I was like, "What the hell's going on?" Oh, and then I I I clicked through, and it's some uh, Opie and Anthony. So I I figured out that. That's yes, that, that that that's the forum of the trolls. Let me see. Wow. Yeah. Oh well. Um. Anyways, uh, I was like, Will's pretty dateable. <laughs> <laughs> or at least like in my camera roll, like I didn't show me like uh, uh, drugged and lying in bed for like twelve hours a day. But um, I mean, how would you get that shot? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess Meg would have to take it, or I'd have to take some kind of like selfie of myself, like as I'm getting up, like 
Yeah. Well, control Joan. Twelve hours of sleep. Um, <laughs> if if it, if if the the meme was um, or a thread or whatever they call it was just your last four images um, rather than ones you select, uh, that would be different. Yeah, mine, you mine would be a whole bunch a- of out of focus pictures trying to get an in focus picture. <laughs> <laughs> Your yours would be like pictures of you doing stuff for your mom, and then like scans of old magazines. Yeah, except I don't Which have a lot. Which is not of... exactly out of out of line with what Tessie does, you know. No, 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 my last four pictures are literally like me holding up a piece of paper trying to get it to focus right. <laughs> well, I take a picture and like take six of those, and then yeah. But if it when, if it's when I get choose. to Vancouver, I'll help you learn photography, Jesse. I'm actually no, I'm really good at it. It's just you know when you've got um. You've got, uh, you know, only so many fingers and you're holding up a piece of paper and you're trying to make it focus on this particular point in between two parts of the image. It's, <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, that one didn't work. And I'm a little bit shaky, too, which doesn't help. All right. Couldn't you put it down? No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Okay. no, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. Clearly not. I mean, sometimes they can, but. Not when I'm doing one like that. All right. Um, shall we begin? Mm-hmm. Okay. My roommate's just leaving. Um, uh, Jesse, Paul, uh, Misa, Will, is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've come yeah. anywhere near Misa. No. What's the farthest north you've been? Oh, well, I have been to Toronto. <laughs> oh, there you go. When were you here? I, I was a child um, oh. mi- many years ago, um, like the 90s. When my children were born. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then. I was the, I was the stork. Um, <laughs> Maybe you were the stork. I think that's a different story. Doing the uh, appendix, I was show noting appendix N show yesterday. Oh. We talk a lot about Paul. So I'm like, um, Paul, Paul, this, Paul, that. You did not. I did. I do. It's weird not to have you around, Paul. It is weird. <laughs> and you're around even when you're not around. When you're off uh, in Kathmandu or driving around <laughs> Oregon or whatever. I'm like, when you're Paul, Oregon. this, Paul, that. Just like let's the see, way. Let's see. Today is today is the 10th. Two years ago today, where was I? Okay. So fifth was now two, six, seven. Will sits around waiting for me um, to call, and I, I believe, sit around thinking I about I, Paul. I believe today's the day the mountain defeated me. I'd actually, I, I'd actually have to check, but I believe today's the day the mountain defeated me. I couldn't climb. I couldn't climb the mountain of the Namche Bazaar. I'm gonna, and so the mountain, the mountain defeated me. <laughs> you, I, I believe you, you said that phrase like four times. The mountain defeated me. <laughs> must have had a bidding defeated had a big impact it on did. it. <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking at my calendar I got from Will in the mail. Um, you got a calendar from Will in the mail? I did. Wow. Yeah. How'd that happen? Uh, he's a nice, generous fellow he is. He crossed out Columbus Day, which is tomorrow. <laughs> it was Edgar Allen's birthday uh, sorry, death day last Thursday. Um Morgan Giles' birthday. I think that's uh, one of Will's friends online who I follow. Um, <laughs> and uh, and there's no uh, Paul's 
defeat day on here. So I don't think, I don't think that that should be celebrated. Well, if I had known about Paul's defeat being such a big deal. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like, what does Paul's calendar look like? My calendar has like, on other months is like, you know, Lenin's birthday and first Sputnik or whatever. Olaf Stapledon's birthday, Karl Marx's birthday, uh, <laughs> Canadian Communist Party founded under conditions of illegality in Guelph uh, in 1921. May, uh, may I say you didn't know that? I did not know. It, it's He spread it over two days, the 28th and the 29th of May. So I'm sure he got that right. Battle of Little Bighorn, 1876, <laughs> uh, the 25th and 26th of June. H. Ryder Haggard's birthday. So Paul's calendar, I'm like, this is the day the mountain defeated him. <laughs> the day the mountain defeated me. <laughs> what does that mean? It was Paul? day twelve of the trek. I just looked it up. So um so, did, did you have a helicopter to help you out? Um no, that wasn't that no no I mean we had backup plans in case someone someone's someone's having low O2 and whatnot because we check our O2 every day and stuff, so I mean, basically, it would be the Sherpas help you get down to a low altitude. Was is the is the exit strategy? So, actually, no. Today is not the day the mountain defeated me. So, the episode six. Okay, so let's be. Um, let's see. So that was my birthday with shoeless Paul. Shoeless Paul. because <laughs> my, boots, my, boots, my, 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 my I'm my, telling my you, this calendar is full of defeats and shoelessness. <laughs> my, 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 holidays. My, my, boots, my yep. boots fell apart on my birthday in Nepal. And that was I the don't fit. see shoeless. So, so actually, tomorrow is the day the mountain defeated me. Today, we today we had tea at the at the lakes and arrived in Gokyo. But tomorrow, tomorrow morning would be anniversary of the mountain defeating me. What happened when the mountain defeated you? How did you cope? Um, <laughs> well, well, what 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 happened was, I mean. Not all of us tried to go up the mountain. Well, one of us who had had low O2 was having issues decided not to. One person left. One person stopped about a quarter of the way down, and turned and had a, one of the Sherpas take him back down. I made it halfway and I couldn't go any further, and so they left another of the Sherpas with me and he guided me back down. So it sounds like a lot of people got defeated by the mountain. Yes. Yeah. It's not the day yes. we were collectively defeated by the mountain. It was the. The it was shoeless Paul day, <laughs> and the day <laughs> the mountain defeated Paul. Only two of the trekkers, besides of course the group leader, made it to the top. So how many were you? Seven. Mm. So so just, you know. Yeah. So I just tweeted a picture of of my October calendar from Will. Oh yeah, it's got uh, a pretty good picture, doesn't it? it? Does it's a it's got a scary dog Halloween uh, jack o' lantern. That's the first jack-o'-lantern that uh, my girlfriend Meg ever carved. Oh, she's good. Yeah, I know. She just apparently never did it as a child, which huh. I find like shocking. Um, it's but, in the chat uh, if everybody wants to see. The, yeah, I think the the it's like worth looking at the pumpkin. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I thought so. I think she's going to do a cat this year. Oh, that's cool. I see Edgar Allan proposed birthday. I see. But I got to go, guys, because they're calling me. So. Morgan. All right. Oh. Bye, Paul. Take- Bye, Paul. Bye, Paul. We'll talk Take about care, you. Guys. <laughs> of course you will. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs>
And did you see him paranoid? <laughs> well, I, that uh, uh, I, 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 I want him to be I, paranoid I so he listens to the podcast. It's like, what are they about saying about me? Time. And they're <laughs> Jesse saying, Jesse doesn't understand Paul. <laughs> That's what he's gonna be. <laughs> he's gonna be hearing mooncakes. Hmm. Um, Fredosphere made mooncakes. He's very handy in the kitchen. I think somebody should marry him. Who? Uh, Fredosphere. Oh, wow. Is Fredosphere not married? He is, unfortunately. And I, I think he's one of those Christian groups that doesn't like multiple husband wives. He's, he's not down with Heinlein's plans. To have multiple husband wives. Yes. Like, uh, in the moon is a harsh mistress. Have yeah. you read that one, Misa? Uh, I'm I've I'm halfway through it. I was listening to it and then I got Excellent. distracted and um, so I I lost track of it. Um, these homemade mooncakes. Ah, he's really good. He's always cooking and baking. <laughs> he's going to be on that um show. Uh, the um, Star Beast. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm suggested that yeah no shoeless paul day nor the day that paul defeated the day the mountain defeated paul day <laughs> the <laughs> day I think the about mount- my vacations I, I he has like a uh a frame i actually have this too like i say sad story when something bad happens but it makes me feel better whereas i get the sense that when he says you know the day de- paul defeated the day that Paul was defeated by the Mountain Day, whenever that day is, right? I get the sense that that makes him upset, but maybe it's comforting. Whereas sad story makes me feel good. I don't know. I didn't think that it made him that upset. I thought it was like Not upset. Sort, of a triumph, was... sort of a triumph that he was on the mountain. But it's always yeah. like a negative. Uh, may- one, may- one would think that's yeah. I would like I would shoeless Paul would... Day. That's a, sad day. Day. That's a sad day. That's a sad day. That's a sad day. Because he has a, it's like, it's like we're invited to see a picture of, of, you know, a kitten in the, in the gutter all wet, right? And we say, oh, yeah. NFT, NFT of shoeless Paul day. <laughs> Still don't understand what that, why anybody would want that. I, I mean, my, my theory on NFTs is that there's like, like there's just, there's not places for capital to go. Like it's like how all capitals in real estate mm-hmm. now, because like mm-hmm. the stock market is just like not great. So oh, now yeah. they're like getting into like sports cards and NFTs and comic books. Right. Yeah, but comic books you can read, whereas sports cards you can't do anything with. Yeah, but I don't think people like buy like issues of Spider-Man from the '60s to read. No, them. but when somebody dies and they're throwing it away, it's you know, you can. You find it at the thrift shop or whatever, possibly. So there is hope, right? It's like buying a whole bunch of cars and putting them in your garage. I'm sure um, they're not getting driven, but when that guy dies, they get sold, and somebody might drive one of them, right? It's not like yeah, but I'm I'm talking about like comics that are like retailing for like thousands of dollars now. Uh, I still have that hope, though, right? Like that someone would read them. Yeah, like or it gets scanned at some point, right? Yeah, well, I think they've all been scanned. No, they haven't, my friend. They have not all been scanned. Ask me how I know. How do you know, Jesse? <laughs> because I'm trying to scan them all, and they're not all scanned. 
<laughs> but surely, like, all of Amazing Spider-Man has been scanned at this point. Possibly, possibly. But if it's not public and it's not available, then it's not really scanned, is it? Right? So well, some guy I mean, has a bunch to, of scans on his hard drive. It. Yeah. Right? It's not the same. You, you, absolutely. That's exactly what you have to do. You have to pirate it. You have to get it out there. And so uh, my whole thing is, like, what is re- well, what we should be focused on is, like, there's how many movies on Netflix? Thousands, right? How many of them are good? An unknown number. But it ain't all of them. That's for goddamn fucking sure. Because if you pick some random one, it's a piece of shit. Right? Am I wrong? I don't watch. I don't watch that many of the Netflix movies, so I or, have no idea. Or Netflix shows, or whatever. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. And, and since I'm completely cut off from the advertising for these shows, right? I just sh- show up on the thing and say, "Oh, there's something," right? And then it tells me a little stuff about it, and then there's a percentage chance that I'll like it. But they're all lies, right? Those are all lies. And then you go on IMDb and you see. Those numbers are all fucking fake, right? Completely fucking fake, especially for the big movies, right? And so the only thing that really matters is somebody I know and trust telling me whether I'm going to like this movie. You might not. like Squid Games. I tried start. I tried to start watching it, and everybody's talking about it, including you know people at the thrift store, old ladies yeah. at the thrift store are talking about it. I'm like, okay. I started watching it. I'm like, I don't know. I mean. It, the, it's bizarre. It seems to be Battle Royale, but Paul didn't answer me on that when I asked about it. Is it? I, I saw the first episode. It's it like, um, good. is it Battle Royale? I mean, it seems more about like, it seems like, is there the element of Battle Royale where everybody's like deeply in debt? And that's that, and that could be an explanation for, but Battle Royale is just where there's a whole bunch of people in an arena it's what PUBG is, Player Unknown Battlegrounds. It's a bunch of people in an arena, and everybody has to fight to stay alive. And yeah, I think it's like a little bit more elaborate than that. But that's the mm-hmm. core concept, right? I, I mean, I think the core concept is like um, okay, I'm typing people it made in. desperate, willing to do anything. Player Unknown. No, 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 no. What's it called? Squid Game. Game Battle Royale? Question mark? How far into it are you guys? I've seen three. My daughter's seen all. My kids have both seen all of it. It is I've a seen battle the first royale episode. It is a battle royale. I I saw most of the first episode. I'm like, um, I love I love Korean stuff, but um, I, I was not getting the right vibe out out of it. Um, part of it was I'm I'm not. I don't like when they 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 had dubbing. Uh, oh, on, you didn't watch the subtitled one? I watched it with dubbing and subtitles. Oh. And I'm like, they don't match? And I'm like, words matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Words matter. So I I was like, I guess I could change this. But yeah, it seems like it's Battle Royale. Um, So uh, a, a similar sort of thing, I I think, is that movie Parasite, which I also have not seen. Anybody oh, Parasite's seen pretty funny. Is it funny? Okay. It's very funny. But it's the same sort of anxiety of like rich people versus poor people. Yeah. 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 Which is in the air, I get. I Parasite's get better, I thought. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it is. So I'll probably get to Parasite at some point. <laughs> Paul says October 5 is Shoeless Fall Day and October 11th is the day the moon defeated Fall Day. <laughs> Mark <laughs> your calendars. 
<laughs> See, it does have so you good can, sense You can celebrate Paul's defeat on the mountain tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> yay! Paul got defeated! Yeah, I mean, set Paul down. I wonder, I wonder, like, how he would feel if, like, we all tweeted about that. You know I just I mean? did. I just retweeted that. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Celebrating tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. By doing what? By uh, making a ham. <laughs> Traditional. Thanksgiving Day is the day that Paul defeated Paul. Canadian Thanksgiving is the day Paul was defeated by the mountain. <laughs> what's, the, what's the history of Canadian Thanksgiving? Did you all just decided you all wanted one too? Or is it its uh, own know. thing? I don't know the answer, but I, I believe... Probably the Americans came up and they said... No, I think I, I vaguely remember it being like they sort of co-evolved and the dates were just different. Probably they co-evolved. Well, how does that happen? They both they <sighs> decided. You know, it's really hard. A lot of these things. So, I I've not looked it up, but Halloween is one where you know people say it's Samhain and that stuff. It's not really. Halloween's really really old, and we don't really know what it is exactly because people always just knew what it is. Right? Do they teach you Halloween in school? No. Not like where it comes from. No, because honestly, they're all, all lies. Mr. Jim Moon has been working on this problem for years, and he has come up with amazing evidence, and it's all over the place uh, in the history. But we're really, really, really lucky now because we are getting behind these these scholar walls where there was a private library and somebody had access to newspapers. And I'm getting like, microfilm scans that used to only be exclusively for, you know, may, uh, rich, rich people going to Harvard or whatever. And you can find, like, you can do searches and find out stuff like, oh, that lie I was told. It was not true. And here's the evidence, black and white. So I'm not sure what, I haven't investigated Thanksgiving, but Halloween is very, very old. Um, and uh, it was not North American. Some people said it was Canadian, which is really weird because, like, why would we invent it? Um, but well, why not? <laughs> well, like they were saying, you know, how it seems to be big in the States, right? Um, it's probably not global, but like in Korea, they don't have Halloween, right? They know about it, but they don't do it. They have other things. Um, but here it's a big thing, right? It's a commercial holiday in a certain sense. But I do not know Thanksgiving story, but I uh, I vaguely recall them being semi, like co-evolved in the same way that Halloween was. It religiously associated with like the Day of the Dead and saints. It's, the name Halloween comes from All Hallows Eve. Like yeah, Christmas. Eve. So they don't do it. They don't. Sell, they don't uh, do Halloween in Europe. Then it's only here. No, they do in 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 the UK. Oh, okay. Um, there's right. like so, I I have stories showing people carving uh, turnips. So, it, but because yes, it's an old thing. It yeah. is an old thing, but but the jack o' lantern with the pump pumpkins are a new a a new age new world fruit, right? Um, and they're a lot easier to carve than than turnips. So you know, as your materials improve, <laughs> your ability to carve improves. Hmm. 
So it, it, it's a mysterious in the sense, it's kind of like wassailing. You guys know about this where you go or caroling, Christmas caroling, you yeah. go around to people's houses and you threaten the rich people. You say, give us something fucking good to eat or we'll burn down your house. <laughs> that's where trick or treat comes from, right? It's a, that's why Halloween is the best. It's basically, it's a threat. It's like, we are masked and we are outside your house. We are going to scare the shit out of you. Do you want to be punished? <laughs> <laughs> you want to be punished. For all your evil sins, we are the religious <laughs> horrors of your vision. <laughs> I, you should I like sing more often, Jesse. Of <laughs> well, Mr. Jim Moon has done a bunch of shows. He does them every year well, on History of Halloween. They're really good. He's, mm. he's really good at digging out this stuff and Doing his audio essays, I really like it. You seem to have a special relationship with Mr. Jim Moon. I appreciate him. I really do. I think he's doing good work. You even, like, give him his title. Mr. Hey, Mr. I used to think, you know, you, you want to be a professor or a doctor. No, no. You want to be a mister. <laughs> I'm Mr. Jim Moon. He proudly says it, so I give him the honorific. And in fact, did you know that there's some, uh, the surgeons didn't want to be called doctors. They wanted to be called misters. Really? Yeah. I think I learned that by researching about why Mr. Jim Moon called himself Mr. Jim Moon. Yeah. So if you're a member of the, uh, if, if you're a regular doctor, you're a doctor. But th those guys just are quacks. They just, you know, give out lashings of <laughs> various drugs. Uh, whereas the surgeons, they are a fellow of the, no, it's not Royal Society, uh, Mr. for Surgeons. Well, Mr. Surgeon General, huh? Uh, why are male surgeons still addressed as Mr. And females addressed as Doctor? <laughs> surgeons, or rather male surgeons, are always addressed as Mr. in the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland. Sometimes, but not always in Australia and New Zealand, and rarely in Canada or the United States. The curious British tradition is such a mystery to doctors in other f countries that even a work as erudite as the blah, 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 blah seems to have gotten it wrong. Um, to understand the tradition, go back to the late 18th century when physicians were distinguished by their possession of a university medical degree, M.D., um, 18th century surgeons who were, of course, addressed as Mr. Seldom had any formal qualification, except in the case of a few who are members of the company of surgeons. So it's like one guy has all this theoretical knowledge about how, how bodies work. And the other guy is like, no, I just do the cutting. I'm a, I'm a mechanic I'm a of your body. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you, it's like. Um, and then it talks about uh, midwives and dentists and stuff like that, too. Dentists get that. Oh. So we think of, like, these, you know, you get all these uh, characters. Did you know, I, I think it's still true, that Australia has the SIR system still? Which system? They can get knighted. Sirs? By the Queen. And uh, New Zealand, too. Like, they have former prime ministers who are SIRs. Really? No. Yeah. It's illegal in Canada. Remember when Conrad Black, you remember this, Misa? When Conrad no. Black, he, he became Lord, Lord Black of Coal Harbor. 
and became like a uh, British House of Lords lord. He had to give up his Canadian citizenship. Barely, sort of. Yeah. Oh, of course. It's it's fine for him because you know he's a criminal who gets out of prison and bilks all his 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 uh, companies out of money, and then his wife is still writing for the you know Macleans or whatever. It's uh, super evil. They're big baddies. Hmm. Anyways, yeah. Don't don't let people trick you into. Eric likes his professor title, so I give it to him. But <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine. I, I told Jesse this yesterday. I just imagine Eric is always wearing uh, a sweater with a blazer over it. He he's not a prep. He's not a preppy at all. Um, no. No, he's 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 actually like he's really into sexual imagery, which you don't think Preppy's going for, except maybe as a sort of a, a, a joshing each other on their boat with their elbows. You know, <laughs> he's like, no, let me tell you, this is all about childbirth, and I'm going to get into the weeds here. <laughs> um, so he he is kind of he's got he's he can fit into that uh, atmosphere. But, but what do you think he wears? I've seen him. I've seen him wearing stuff. He wears t-shirts. He That's does dress shocking. up when he, uh, you know, goes out. Um, and he's to like the grocery store. Oh, yes. And giving uh, the stock clerk a lecture about his mask usage. <laughs> <laughs> so while we've been sitting here, I've been playing with this, like, pin I got from the library that has, um, uh, like a. Uh, have you ever seen one of these pins that has like a maze in it? There's like little metal balls in the pin, mm. and you have to like get them through the maze from the top to the bottom. I, I've I've seen the things, but not on pins. Not in a pin. Yeah. Yeah, I should send you all a picture of this, but uh, it, it's just really difficult. But I just now got the balls from the top to the bottom, and I'm feeling very. Excited, so you know, in the same. So you were not defeated by the. You mouth, put uh, defeated by the library pin. <laughs> yeah, I defeated the library pin. <laughs> okay, let's mark our calendars. Put it on the, the count. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm getting my pencil out right now. <laughs> yeah, it's the 10th of uh, October, the day that Will defeated the library pin. <laughs> the day. Oh, my pen's not working. Hold on, one more. I'd loan you my pen, but you're not here. <laughs> That's true. Right, no, this. we have to defeat our own pins. You can't just take your. Yeah, I yeah. This is a, and I I don't know how the the public library got such a great pin. I got this from them. They were giving away comic books at oh. a comic book convention because people donate them old things yeah. that they don't want. Um, and they had these pins, and I, I took this, and you know I remember thinking it was a mistake that I took it because like I have too many pins. But now I've finally gotten the use out of it, so that's that's. I exciting. can donate it back. Yeah, maybe I can. Maybe I can. I I feel like I'm gonna like take this to Meg and be like, "Do you want to play this and like see if you can beat it?" And she'll just be like, "No, why would I do that?" <laughs> you could play Stardew Valley instead. I see you always playing Stardew Valley. Oh yeah, have you heard of this game, Misa? I haven't heard of any games. Yeah, so this is a it's a farming simulator where you like plant crops and like have to water them and then you like go into a mine to get ore to like it's like uh, it's side scrolling version of uh of uh Minecraft or something. Yeah, oh. it, it it's like uh it's um 
You've inherited your grandfather's old farm plot in Stardew Valley. Armed with hand-me-down tools and a few coins, you set out to begin your lo- new life. Looks good. Yeah, yeah. Bok it's all Choy. About... Hey. Yeah, oh, yeah, we just, um, we just harvested a couple hundred bok choy. It was quite an endeavor. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, but you, like, have to, like, get ore out of a mine where there's, like, skeletons and stuff that nice. try to get you. Mm-hmm. And you use that to, like, make sprinklers. Like, you, like, take the ore and then you put it into a furnace to turn it into like copper bars and then you like turn the bars into sprinklers it's very it's just like you do everything yeah it sounds uh, like minecraft but side scrollery right um i don't it's not really side scroll it's like or isometric the, i guess yeah yeah um but uh i i'm i'm really good at fishing on there that's that's what i'm known for in our His household specialty uh, fishing for bok choy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Uh, yeah, so the that's Bok Choy my... fisherman. Yeah, but we just play that for hours at a time. I can see um, that. Uh, it's kind of our thing that we it's do a as social, a couple now. It's a social game. Yeah, you can we you can play it collaboratively. So, so you're we have on the same... same farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kitty farm. Nice. I I think that that's the real reason to play these games. Is like, hey, we had fun with that. We're spending time together. We need <laughs> excuses to spend time together. Here's a good excuse. Yeah, like you and Rose do. Yeah, yeah. Rose is uh, pretty grumpy. She got she got mad at me yesterday because I was like, um, I was giving her too much information. <laughs> I was like, "There's a guy by the wall and, and, and over the tree." I was like, "I'm driving." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whatever. That's fine. Game all the time. Yeah, yeah. Except I try not to kill anybody, but it, uh, unfortunately, it happens. Uh, but yeah, it's a social thing, and you know, there's other people I play with too, including Paul. But he's um he's very anxious uh, on it, so it's it's like a little bit of emotional work to because he he needs me to drive him around because he doesn't know how to drive, and so I was like, okay, am I in the mood to carry him to the game and make him convinced that he should play the game? It's like I don't know, I'll just turn it on, see what happens. But um, you know, sometimes he's into it. But yeah, it's just an excuse to spend time with your friends, right? And meet new friends. All good things. Why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you want to do that, Misa? You busy uh, I, producing audio dramas or something? So I'm kind of yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> How's that going? Uh I'm I'm uh I'm putting together the lines for episode 5 and when we rehearsal for episode 6, it's a six episode season. So, hopefully November, I'm hoping. I, I saw the uh DM you DM'd me, which was, yeah. I assume that was like, um, outtakes. It was an outtake of, of Fran. Yeah. Yeah. She's riffing. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, celebrating tomorrow by baking a ham. <laughs> Making a ham. He says, is that a comment on my podcasting? <laughs> well <said. laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's about Thanksgiving. <laughs> Whoops. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So my response to you know like the world is terrible and awful. Um, we got to call it out and then also laugh because otherwise we'd be crying. And then call down the. That's call a down pretty good comment. response. A dinosaur apocalypse. I think it's pretty good. 
I was I noticed in that dream it was this it was like another dinosaur apocalypse. It wasn't the first the another part. Yet another dinosaur apocalypse is upon us. Yeah. No, no. That was the best part. Yeah. I I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm I I didn't invent it exactly. I mean I'm I was there during the invention. But I'm pretty sure it's like a metaphor for coronavirus. Dinosaur apocalypse? Yeah, because like I was saying it was invented in a lab and like Uh, no, they were saying it was natural, but it was invented in a, it was, I mean, you're saying this dinosaur apocalypse just happened out of random. I don't think so. I think somebody was doing Jurassic Park and they say, <laughs> everything will be fine. And of course it, you know, it was a lab leak as usual. As usual. Yeah. <clears throat> oh. Sounds like um I've been talking a lot with Connor and DMs and it sounds like he's um he's uh seeing the apocalypse going on in Australia through the Australian lens which is not the same as the American lens says why are they freaking out <laughs> I'm like I don't know but they are I haven't been paying that close attention but apparently there was like protests in Amer- uh, somewhere in the states at the Australian embassy about how Australia is going to hell why? <laughs> oh. Well, I think it was like, actually, it's like I was saying, you know, about my dinosaur apocalypse. It's really not about Australia going to hell. It's about the United States going to hell. But by seeing oh. it mirrored in the Aust- in Australia, it's like, um, it's, it's a funhouse mirror where you think that's an enemy or something, right? You think it's a, <laughs> it's a, a projection. Right. But yeah, basically, like, it's really big news, Will, and I don't hear you sc- screaming from the rafters about it. Basically, they just created a new NATO, right? Oh, yeah, with with uh, Australia. And UK, for some reason. Like, UK needs to be involved in this place. They're not, they barely have any warships to go to. Well, and they, yeah, well, I mean, I just feel like things are not going well for the UK right now, so they have to, like, do something. Yeah, but that's not the solution. Well, no, but I mean, it's like Boris Johnson's solution. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's they're part of the empire. I think I think it's like exactly what what's his name was saying. Uh, Orwell he called. I didn't understand it when I first read it. He calls the UK airstrip one. Mm-hmm. It's because that's what it's it, it's important because it's like a an island. It's like an aircraft carrier off of Europe, right? It's a big aircraft carrier. <laughs> it's a big military base for the United States. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's why it's called that, right? It's like the most, you're the most important military base for us, England. You good with that? And they're like, yes, we love it. It's like, oh, yeah, but you I used to be the yeah. true anymore, though. Well, that's right. Uh, I mean, Diego Garcia is like a, a half British, half American military base, but most, it's mostly American now, right? It's like, the fortunes of the UK are like, um, in the toilet. Right? They can do military adventure overseas, but not like the Americans can. So it's more like, uh, the elite class, we're including you. Uh, in this, in this one, right? It was Anglo American, right? Is the Anglo American base, wasn't it? On the moon versus the Soviet base? Or maybe I'm conflating this with yesterday's or something else. Oh, I know what it was. Um, 
think that's right. Um, remember, we yesterday we did a show on Micey. You weren't there, but um, uh, Paul Anderson story. Mm-hmm. So the in that same issue, there was a, a task to Luna. I think it was called, and it was uh, the first um, American and the first Russian land on the moon simultaneously, and they both have bazookas. <laughs> One is going to establish the uh, Russian base, and the other one's going to establish the Anglo-American base. And they try to bazooka each other, and then uh, they're near... You're not talking about bazookas that you blow, right? Not that kind of bazooka. The the bazooka that you kind of blow up a world with, or another astronaut with. Anyways, uh, they're shooting bazookas at each other, and then a, a rocket comes out of nowhere and blows up one of their rocket ships. And they're like, oh, that sucks. And then another rocket comes and blows up the other rocket ship. And they're like, huh? And then it turns out that aliens are on the other side of the moon. And it's the whole other side of the moon is a giant moon base invasion of the Earth. Mm. And they start laughing. And then Who, wait, who's laughing? The aliens? No, no, the humans. Oh. The Russian, the Russian and the American. It's like a three-page story with a giant uh, illustration. <laughs> So it's um it's kind of that's like a that Star Trek episode. Which one? Uh, there was one. I think it was. I think. I think. I think it was. I think it was. It was one of the Gorn, isn't it? it was where they where the aliens said, "Okay, here you go down yep. to your planet." Yeah. Yeah. Arena. That's the name of that episode. I have a friend who lives near the Gorn Rocks. Uh, Vasquez Rocks. Well, you can call them that, but you could also call them by their proper name. <laughs> paint them green, though, when you call them Gorn, Gorn Rocks. The Gorn, the Gorn planet, it's not actually the Gorn's planet. The Gorn Rocks. The place um, where you just find randomly uh, uh, sulfur, <laughs> carbon, <laughs> charcoal, ordinary coal, as Mr. Spock would say. <laughs> did you guys see my re- – did I send it to you? My review of uh, the latest Star Trek I watched. It's called um, Wolf in the Fold. Is this an old track again? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this one is the one where Scott Scotty falls in love with a dancer and then murders her. Um, yeah. And then Kirk comes up with this explanation as to why. Uh, no, no, it wasn't Scotty. It was the guy who accused Scotty. <laughs> and they say, oh, yeah, yeah. And the reason he did it is because um, because um, because of Jack the Ripper. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and Spock's oh, right. like he's he's yeah, like yeah. he's saying Spock's saying yeah yeah I mean out in the universe there's lots of entities that live only on fear <laughs> and horror um, so I I try not to write about the episode the way it normally I I try and write about them in a different way so I I wrote about this one saying um, set on a popular shore leave planet Argelius two despite the distracting plot which overshadows it. This is episode is notable as it is essentially set on TOS, TOS's equivalent of RISA. And then I give evidence for that. And then uh, Robert Block wrote this episode. He's the guy who wrote Psycho, amongst many other things. Um, and I said, leave it to scriptwriter Robert Block to add a seance scene to a Star Trek episode. And they literally have a seance. They just don't call I it remember. that. And yeah. it's like, that's weird, right? It's like, this is supposed to be going to visit a planet. And they're having, like, this is a ghost story or something. It's not weird. I didn't didn't read that. I don't think you did send it. Uh, I just sent it to the group chat now, but 
Oh, okay. I was right. I was, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, they have, um, there's some stuff in there that's, uh, related to, um, the Star Trek sex book that Evan needs to write. <laughs> he hasn't been talking about that lately. Coming. It makes me it makes me feel like it's not going to happen. Well, I don't know <laughs> if it's going to happen, but he needs to write it. And he has written books before, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, I feel like his life has been crazy lately. Yeah, his mom died, and he's, he, he's actually flying right now, I believe. And he was, like, trapped in America. Yep, yep. And, and... And he's a real um, apologist for uh, U.S. war hawking against Taiwan, which I find troubling. But I understand his wife lives there, his kid lives there. He doesn't want it to be China. Um, but I don't think we should go to World War Three over it. And he's like, "Fuck him!" <laughs> and he's like, "We." He's like, "I think the U.S. military is good because it." makes taiwan possible well he also you know he's 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 always down on the uh, people saying i don't think the uyghur genocide is what what uh their claim the united states claims it is and i'm like yeah I, I don't see a lot of evidence that it's actually what they claim it is either there's a lot of counter evidence in fact in fact there's so much you guys heard about this facebook uh lady um when facebook went down i i care about facebook but um there was a whistleblower for fa- a Facebook whistleblower. Did you guys hear about this? No. Okay. Probably for the best. But basically, she's she's fake. Uh, and she's then fake? Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, she's like, you know, it's it's basically it's a way of they're trying to they're attacking Facebook but only so that they can get more control of what they can censor cuz the whole point of it is to she her job at facebook was like um uh counter espionage or something like that and basically it's like they want to be able to control every communication and rewrite the rules for the internet make it so that you know safe harbor stuff and language you know they can just call everything uh national security so it's super evil. And then the other one that's really interesting that happened, there's there's some remember there was the Panama papers years ago? Mm-hmm. Um I looked my uncle, the billionaire, probably billionaire, is was in them. I looked it up. He's rich. Let's see if he's there. Yeah, he was there. Um and uh the uh the latest one is the Pandora papers, right? And, uh, oh, look at all these evil people in all these countries. And then you look at the list of countries that are not included, like no billionaires did anything wrong, no politicians did anything wrong. Guess which countries they are? They are. They're all the good countries. Canada, not a single person, right? <laughs> and uh, so what this is, is the CIA leaking it, which makes it not a leak, right? It's just hacking. And then selectively using it to muscle enemies and saying how bad they are. So hmm. th- there, we're uh, under constant propaganda. You can't trust anything, Misa. I, really, Jesse? Really? What? Can't even trust me. Don't trust me. What? L- look it up for yourself. Do your mm-hmm. critical thinking. Don't trust me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Will's playing Stardew Valley, so everything's fine. No, I'm just listening peacefully. 
I'm so peaceful. <laughs> so chill. <laughs> Are you doing anything for, for you said you're not Misa, right? You already had your Thanksgiving. No, I had my ki- I had my daughter yesterday. She came, so that's it. I'm done. I'm pumpkin. done with this Easter thing. I gave her my leftovers. Now I have to cook again. What about pumpkin pie? Did you do that? I made two. I still have nice. pumpkin pie. I like pumpkin pie. I'm not so much on That's what I'll be having. anything else pumpkin, but I like pumpkin pie. Are you do, you're, you're tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow night. Will there be a pie? I don't know. Um, maybe. My, my mom might make one. She's, uh, she's making a lot of pies lately. We've got apple pie in the offing. I've I seen the pies your mom's making. Yeah, I cut up all the apples off. She's got so many apples growing now, it's crazy. I mean, not right the second, but over the, the yard, there's like a lot. And uh, apples, yeah, and there she just roasted a bunch of almonds. I thought you were gonna say the chicken, the last chicken. No, it's it's still making eggs, so oh, good. Don't need to, yeah, but there's only one chicken. It's kind of, it's kind of sad, but it's also less work. What, what happened to the other chickens? <laughs> they got eaten by the bear. What? Oh, wow, yeah, I didn't realize. Know that. Oh, yeah, they, didn't you see the video of me yelling at the bear? I didn't I realize he was was because he was eating chickens. Yeah, me neither. Or she, we don't know. Uh, yeah, she, uh, she or he was, or are they them? You don't know. We don't know. <laughs> I guess bears don't really care about their gyms that much. Well, to a bear, they care. Other bears care. Uh, uh, care bears. <laughs> I was a care bear. I used to work at Ontario Place, which is like a theme park here, uh-huh. and I worked in the Care Bear Show. Wow. That's, wow. That's like uh, hardcore. I know. I was strawberry shortcake and Care Bear. Wow. You weren't a Cabbage <laughs> yeah. Patch Kid, too, were you? No, no. Okay, good. I do the li- I the do trifecta the li- would have been too much. I, I might I might have to hang up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about a pony? Were you my little pony? No, I was never. No. No, okay. I think that's a whole other thing, Jesse. <laughs> I my think it's a little later. People. Yeah. My... my uh, my cousin was really into My Little Pony. And I'm like, uh, these people are fucking insane. And then I found out yes. boys were into it. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> it's like a weird, yeah. It's, it's like, like a, a weird fetish, subculture. I think. But yeah. I was at the it's dollar like store and I saw I saw a unicorn um, one of those things, you know. But it was a skeleton. I was like, I kind of get it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a skeleton, My Little Pony uh, unicorn. And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> and I, no, no, no. Don't go there. <laughs> I can't I can't question my sexuality at this age. It's too late. <laughs> yeah, it's too late. You can't get into ponies. <laughs> Even if they're unicorns. But I, I have found, um, I, I found this, you know, when you're shopping and you see something you want. I found the best way to solve this is just take a picture of it. Because <laughs> then you have it. It's like an NFT, I guess. You have it, but you don't have to actually put it on a shelf or there you know, buy go. it or carry it home. Or nice. Explain to people why you have a skeleton, my little pony. <laughs> <laughs> Unicorn. Well, you don't have to store it either, Jesus. <laughs> you just look at it before you go to bed. No, or if it's one of those... Uh, Vinyl figurines, what Funko Pops? You you take it home, you 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 look at it. You don't take it out of the box, and then you throw it in the fireplace and burn it because that's the only thing they're good for. <laughs> that's what you do, right? Well, 
I, I did I did recently unload about half of mine. But you kept the uh Deadpool one and <laughs> I kept um uh I kept uh She-Ra. She-Ra, Princess of Power. Yeah. Um some other one. I have Worf. I, I, I can see the appeal, but I, I, I would just want to look at it and not even, I wouldn't even take a picture of that one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I feel like the, there's things that I own that I like regret owning. Yes. Yes. It's a serious problem we have. Right. We, we see things we want and we say, I think this would be good for me. And then turns out that that was a mistake. I'm not like saying, you know, you ate a bag of, I was going to say ice cream, you ate a, a bag of licorice <laughs> and then say that was a mistake. No, because uh, you enjoyed it, right? But you, they're gone. The bag of licorice is gone. <laughs> the bag of ice cream is gone. So you don't have to worry about it. It's a thing that you <laughs> bought and now it's sitting there staring at you and saying you've made poor life choices. <laughs> <laughs> So burn it. <laughs> That's right. Skip the skip the intermediate process. You go to the store, you buy the Funko Pop, you <laughs> look at it at home while sitting on your couch, and then throw it immediately into the fire. No, you know, you know how you skip the immediate the intermediate process. You just go burn the store. you know, you got a better plan there. I think. There you go. <laughs> burn the factory that makes them. <laughs> there we <have> it. <laughs> Find the designers. <laughs> assassinate them in their beds. <laughs> okay, so here's the new story. <laughs> Explains very much <laughs> why the guy is dead. <laughs> uh, and thinking about that um, that episode of Star Trek, uh, Wolf in the Fold, um, it relies on on that uh, you know the fact that there's this Jack the Ripper guy who never caught blah blah blah. Um, and I'm like, okay, why is that in there? But actually, that's the weird thing about that original Star Trek, and this is why Evan needs to write the book, is because it's it's right. It's got this strong tension between the relationship between men and women that is like men want to rape women. Uh, you sort of see that all over the show, mm-hmm. and or like you know he he doesn't know uh, you know like he's got all these yeoman officers. And like that's gone by next generation, right? Yeah. That trauma that Star Trek's dealing with by saying, "Look, here's a planet where everybody's sexually liberated," where um, this guy who's jealous of his uh, wife he wants to marry, um, he's not acceptable to her because he's so jealous, and we're, we don't believe in jealousy on this planet. Which is very, you know, futuristic sort of emotionally or something is the idea, maybe. And then, um, who comes to the planet? Jack the Ripper. And thinking about, like, what is Jack the Ripper doing? Like, what, what was his motivation? Like, I'm angry at these women because they are sexually attractive and I'm gay. No, that doesn't make any sense. They're sexually attractive and they won't have sex with me. No, they're prostitutes. They're sexually attractive. And I'm attracted to them, and therefore they're bad, is probably somehow the logic behind it. Right? Well, it's also like, um, I mean, I feel like these things are driven by power. Mm-hmm. Like you want to have power over someone. That's I, like what that's like what drives most sexual violence. I guess. 
It's yeah. not like about like. Well, like, that's that's the line. That's what the the line they say. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not about sex. It's about uh, violence, right, or something like that. But I don't know. I think rape is also about sex. Yeah, yeah I think it is because. Power. But no, it's not just about power because, like, you're walking down the street and you see a like a a dog and you kick it. That's about power. It's not about sex, right? It's about possession and. Um, but uh, behind it is there this idea of spreading your seed around, and women are like, they're um, they're they're Stardew Valley fields, right? Where you want to keep out the dirty weeds that are. Preventing your bok choy from growing. I assume bok choy grows in dirt. Right? <laughs> yeah, bok choy grows in dirt, but... Good. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Just anyway. keep digging. I'm digging here. Okay. <laughs> so, I think that the idea of... I thought I thought it was weird to have Jack the Ripper show up on this planet. Right? Out of nowhere. But... Actually, it makes sense in the background of this planet being like a, a Risa. Like, if you imagine the Risa episodes of Star Trek, um, you show up there and you're the jealous type. Um, it doesn't work very well, right? Your wife is a sex worker. Yeah. You're a sex worker. You, you know, that's the, I mean, maybe it's not the real, but it's the ideal for a certain way of going, right? And then... Um, somebody who's jealous goes around killing people because of sexual jealousy or you know, you're saying power, but I'm not sure that's exact, exactly right. It's like extraction as well, right? Um, punishment. Mm. Uh, it's like, um, but it, yeah, I mean, the murder is w- what is weird about it. The cutting, Right. Because rape, rape happens a lot, and sometimes people kill people. But the what I know about Jack the Ripper is like it was like excessively cutty. <laughs> oh my god! Now, like in a way that um, it's like, well, that isn't just stabbing. So mm-hmm. if it is about power, I don't get it. So uh, what? Uh, my my other pet theory about that is like maybe the. Police were way more competent back then, even though they didn't catch the guy. And that's how we know they were more competent, because they weren't just willing to shove it onto one guy and say he did it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Because it's still a mystery. The cops, (laughs) cops don't, they tried to investigate and they found suspects, but they didn't actually convict anybody of it. Did, the day, you know, today, if there's a set of murders, they always find somebody to pin it on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, you, you would normally think of that as not being competent when they can't find somebody, but when they can't find somebody, the system's more legitimate, especially when there's pressure like that to, you know, solve this incident or incidents. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Will? I see what you're saying. Um, no theories? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like... So, what the Star Trek episode is saying is that Jack the Ripper is some kind of spirit. Yes, he's a he's yeah. a being who lives on fear and horror. Yeah. That's its food. It's like a, a vampire of horror. Horror vampire. Mm-hmm. And then I put a p- picture of a rubber plug. 
<laughs> typing up the script <laughs> because I thought that's kind of like him, right? He enjoys this stuff. Yeah, maybe maybe Robert Block is Jack the Ripper. Well, he I think he wrote a lot about him. A lot of people did, you know. It's yeah. Of, it's a lot of interest in it in a way that I and I think it's all because they're unexplained or because they never found. Yeah, yeah, and so everybody's still trying to solve it, sort of. Jack the Ripper was actually a space alien. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hmm. All right, I, I got a couple more tweets, and then I, I know you guys want to leave. I'm not that exciting. What uh, what day is that other one? Oh, I'll check. Okay. Did you see this one, Will? The um, cosplay. Uh, oh wow! E. E. Doc Smith is cosplaying a, a North a C. L. Moore character. Yeah. yeah, and he's like kind of old in this picture. Yeah, he's like seventy-two in that picture. I think. And then if you scroll down, there's some more. I wanted to find C. L. Moore cosplaying as <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> as a gray landsman, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, so Star Beast is uh, November fourteenth. November 14th, Star Beast. Okay. You good with that? It's uh, yeah. 7, 7 a.m. on a Sunday. 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. So you're doing it so earlier? An hour yeah. earlier. An hour earlier, yeah. Okay. Harsh. Is I that will... for, who's that for? For Fred. Who's very, he's very shy flower. So we can't is load he... this up too much because he, he's like, ah, I should drop out. I'm like, you shy flower. And he says, don't, don't, don't hurt me. I'm shy. <laughs> <laughs> We're all shy. Nah. Maybe not, Maybe not all of us. Paul's not that shy for, for a guy like Paul. Right? Paul's not shy. No. Paul's not shy for a guy. I like the idea of like a guy like Paul. I, I don't know a lot of Paul-like guys, but for a guy like Paul, he's pretty un-Paul-like. <laughs> Paul's the only Paul I know. You only know the one Paul. He's the only Paul-like person I know. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh. Well, I think I think of him as like he fits into the group that he's in, and then he doesn't fit into the group that I'm generally talking to. I don't. We have very few crossover things. Like, um, I want to talk politics all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, we can't talk politics. But he talks no, politics. He wants to talk it. politics, but like there but can't be any disagreement. That well, can't be any dis. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, he he's willing to disagree, but not with me. <laughs> or if he is, it's you know, it's it's. Um, I don't know. Anyways, there's that gray lensman um, guy dressed up in '46, and then uh, there's another picture of him as C.L. Moore a little later. That was pretty cool. But um, the other thing that um, I noticed is when I, the dumbest tweets I tweet are the most popular. Like, I was like, oh, that's really sad. Is that true? The dumbest tweet. What's the dumbest tweet you've tweeted? I tweeted um, this one. I'm interested. I don't have a model for you. The dabbing one. What? This one. I can't believe how popular, like, I'm like, my whole mental model of everybody's. Just went in the shitter. So this is the dumbest tweet I've ever not this month. I've haven't tweeted a dumber tweet. Are you putting it in the chat? I'm not seeing anything yeah. in the chat. Yeah, it's in the chat. Oh wow, it's dabbing. Yeah. So I says, "Truth is, astounding science fiction invented dabbing." And then I, I make 
Wikipedia doesn't acknowledge. It's like, he's not dabbing. <laughs> it looks a little but bit it, like dabbing. And then, like... You don't, it's because, you know, well, Twitter does, jokes do really well on Twitter. You don't tweet a lot of jokes. I tweet a lot of jokes. I tweet a lot of jokes. Most of my... Is this true? Oh, yes. If you type in my name, even the word, my new joke, <laughs> you know... <laughs> You'll see. I got a lot of jokes. I guess people don't find them funny is the problem. <laughs> Where this is this is barely a joke. Right? Uh, it's just stupid because it's not dabbing. It looks like dabbing. It's called Space Fear. He's afraid. I don't know why he's naked. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you got like 45 retweets on That's this. what I'm saying. And look at all the comments. And then one guy says, this magazine about science fiction, about all things that predicted dabbing, and I said, also nukes. And he says, this is from 1951. The nuke was invented in 1933. I'm like, okay. And then he says, no, no, 1938. And I'm like, okay, this is the thing I'm referring to, a story by Cleve Cartmill from 1944, the one where the FBI showed up and said, hey, why are you telling about the the uh, nuke program? I'm like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. But like the fact that uh, this gets so popular... And I think it's because dabbing is popular, not because astounding is yeah. popular, right? Um, no, nobody cares about astounding. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like, I care about astounding. I don't care about dabbing at all. My students dab. I do not dab. Maybe you should try it. Just see how it feels. And I believe there's something related to uh, smoking How can weed? you know about dabbing if you don't try it? <sighs> I've seen it done. <laughs> It's a dance move, I believe. So it's a dance move, I believe. <laughs> like NFTs, I don't participate, but I, I. How do you feel about dancing, Jesse? I think it's best not done. Oh, unless it's unless it's belly dancing, in which case I think it should be done. It, dancing is best not done. <laughs> best not done by me. Mm. I don't. I'm like... all for dancing. Well, if you want to know. In my uh, elementary yeah, school. Yeah, you seem more well-rounded. In my <laughs> elementary school, I was traumatized. My my teacher was an Olympic. Uh, I dancer? Think she, I think she was Olympic. Uh, ribbon dancer. Oh. <laughs> and she made us do ribbon dancing. I'm like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to participate. <laughs> and then we did square dancing and a bunch of other kinds of dancing. I'm like, I don't want to be here. This Why didn't you like square thing. dancing? Was it was uh, there too, too many much touching? Sw- too many swinging of partners and dosi Too many swinging of partners. <laughs> that was before you discovered I, um, <laughs> uh, skeleton ponies. Yeah, that's right. It it hit too close to home, Misa. <laughs> <laughs> told me things I was not ready to hear. <laughs> square dancing told you things you were not ready about to hear my, about my myself. Yes. <laughs> how do you feel about dancing well i i i think I, it, you I, would I, appreciate it but are not a daily practitioner yeah i think that's probably accurate i um my uh i feel i feel alienated from dancing like i uh like i feel like it's been denied me or something you know what i mean uh like i, I like a I think I could like a square dance. Um, yeah, you, I think you, they're you kind of funny. You're in square dance <laughs> territory or folk dancing or something, right? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, this, this is the level of joke I'm normally tweeting about. So, are you, did you just send us something unfunny, or I think it's I think it's it's political and funny. I'm not getting anything that you're putting in this conversation. My chat is empty. I think uh, I need to update Skype. Oh, you know what? I think I'm in uh, Paul and Will only. Well, uh-huh. there you go. That okay. must be why. All right. Sorry about this. All oh, right. That's... There you go. <laughs> Did you get that one, Misa? Um, hold on. Let me. Not nothing yet, but um... this is this. Is oh my just... God! I think it's. I think it's not sending Misa at all for some reason. Yeah, there's nothing here. Oh my God. Right, I like I'm, the one where I'm he's DMing. dressed up like a Renaissance Italian. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's supposed to be a musketeer or something. All right, I DM'd it to him, Misa. Oh, will that work? That should work on Twitter. Yeah. Let's see. Oh yeah, this doesn't I'm, seem I'm to be a joke, Jesse. I, I mean, it's it's not a joke per se. <laughs> I just think it's like, yeah, yeah, I guess it's not a joke. I I have jokes. I do have jokes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I don't think that, um, I feel like everybody just is just like, maybe they're just like, whatever, you know? It's like, whatever. I mean, I love the picture of him as, as uh, with his tongue out. Yeah, the blackface one. Yeah, technically it's, really it's supposed a... to be brown face, but he he goes for the. Is he like supposed to be Aladdin? Uh, oh, the genie, I think. Mm-hmm. And you can see the guy beside him is also got his tongue out, but is not in blackface. Was this he, is... how old? How old was he when this picture was taken? Uh he was a teacher, I believe. Uh, wow, so these are 20s. really. I knew about the blackface one. Uh... Uh, there, that's there's that's only one. There's like five of them. Where he yeah. does it, different. He loved painting himself up, but he, he, this, I just picked four images. There's tons of them where he's dressed up in costumes. And, mm-hmm. and he does Halloween with his kids, which is a legit. I don't, I didn't begrudge him any of those ones. Even the one where he pretends to be Clark Kent, which is evil because he's not <laughs> Superman. Uh, all right. Here's my jokes. You ready? All right. Make Dr- us laugh. Dreamt my new joke. This is from December 2020. Question, why do British insects, why do British insect breeders have the quietest, quietest grasshoppers? Why do British insect breeders have the quietest grasshoppers? Why? Answer, they always keep mum. <laughs> that's, well, that's well, says something. nothing. All right. October 5th, 2020. Uh, why, what does a suddenly deshelled bivalve say? Suddenly, de- what? Say that again. A suddenly de-shelled bivalve, say. Oh, clam. I don't know, but it would be an exclamation. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> you come up with that one all by yourself? These are all genuine, original Jesse jokes. <laughs> uh, although the dream one was attributed to dream person Jesse. Um, my new measurement joke. I'm a tad annoyed to be told that a dash is an actual measurement. A dash is an eighth of... Oh, wait. This might not be a joke. 
Oh, yes, it is. Okay, <laughs> continues. A dash is one-eighth of a teaspoon. A pinch is one-sixteenth of a teaspoon. And a smidgen is one-thirty-second of a teaspoon. Based on this logic, there are two smidgens in a pinch and two pinches in a dash. So now I know, and I don't care one iota. <laughs> Stupid. Okay. Uh, <laughs> August... 10th, 2020. What did the second toddler, who just heard the first toddler say me too, say to the first toddler? Me too. Me too. <laughs> Hashtag me too joke. <laughs> Stupid. Edgy. I know. Uh, uh, this is a good one. This is generally a good one. Listen. Uh, April 2020. Why are ducks such bad actors? Because they perform a foul plays. <laughs> I got some bad ones here. I will skip those. Uh, uh, here, this one's for Will. Important joke. Why is it unwise to pit the 81st Infantry minus a commander against organized labor? Uh, I don't know, Jesse. Why? Because a military division minus this major general leading a wildcat action on a major miners union during a general strike will deeply divide its ranks and feeling shafted, the division's privates will walk out back, uh, black-ledged uh, on the company's officer's order and form a picket line. Basically, it's just combining all the ideas of uh, striking and war, uh, and the wildcat is the name of the 81st Infantry's logo. Oh, yeah. So it's, if it's, I had known that. It, it, most of the jokes are like this. Uh, okay, I'm going to do the easier ones. There was a Joseph Heller-esque-ness Yes, that. yes, very stupid setup. Um, <laughs> why do bibliophiles prefer loud deaths in libraries? Because, <laughs> you guys never tried these, because being buried by books in a high-volume stack collapse makes a tomb of tomes. <laughs> That's Stupid. good. No, it's not. Yes, it oh, is. Okay. A tomb of tomes. Uh, my new joke. I don't. In- this is October 2019. I don't intend to be mean, but some st- some statist- statistician jokes are way below average, and some is spelt S U M. Okay. How about this one? This is very low level. I'm throwing this one to Will. I hope he laughs. What has two lips and kisses? Um. Uh, I don't know, Jesse. What has two lips and kisses? An amorous florist. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, uh, tulips. T U L I F. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, ex- uh, this one's a definitional one. Exuberant. Noun. An insect that used to drive people around for an app-based rideshare service. Exuberant. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you like that. (laughs) Exuberant. Um, My new dog joke from 2019 July. Uh, This is a really good joke. Listen to this one. It kills with the little kids. After I explain to them what, what the animal name is. What kind of food do Chinese cannibal dogs eat? Chow chows. Chow 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 chow. Come on, man. Okay. Uh, my new joke from April 2019. Oh, this is a good one, Misa. Listen. No, yeah. I don't like female sheep. They're so rude. They're all like, damn you, 
damn you. Damn is spelled D-A-M, and you is spelled E-W-E. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, didn't like that. Next one. Uh, I'm mental modeling, you guys. I'm making notes here. Um, where does Red Lobster get their their breadsticks, Will? Uh, Cheddar Bay. From the Crust Station. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Made you laugh, though. Um, or maybe you're laughing at how bad it was. Uh, it's hard to say. <laughs> I sent this one specifically. I sent this one to an ex-CIA agent who I follow on Twitter. Um, I say, how do ex-spies describe their old Langley, Virginia apartments? And he didn't answer. So I said, one-time pads. Again, that's a, that's something they use in spying. <laughs> too deep in the weeds here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is not really a joke. Um, exactly. But I claimed it was. He was so smitten with her. He was continuously covered in bruises, never out of battery, and she needed to be charged. You see that? Battery charged. Oh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not quite a joke here. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I thought that one was a joke. Nobody liked that one. Sad story. Uh, okay, this one's good. Sort of. <laughs> what do you call a severe wound on a highly ranked army teen? A major, minor, major injury. Wow, that one... That one's... What do you call a severe wound on a highly ranked army teen? A major, minor, major injury. A lot of my jokes are like that. They're just word <coughs> word salad because... Oh, okay. This one you can get. You guys can appreciate this one. From 2017. Why don't cows wear shoes? Because it behooves them not to. (laughs) That's got to go over well with the little ones. I have my (laughs) hoops. Behooves them not to. (laughs) Okay. This one's pretty good. Certain people at this table have eaten food. Uncertain people don't know if they have. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, another military joke I asked the captain to stop eating popcorn but he refused because he's a major fan of kernels (laughs) Uh, this is not so much a joke as an observation if digital watches made any sense people would wear them on their fingers uh Uh, this one's a uh, this is a math joke. Oh, I dreamt this one too. It says, "Why are math students the best protesters?" Well, you should know this one. Oh, I should, huh? They have the numbers. Oh, oh. No. Okay. How about this one? Why did Doc Holliday refuse the bounty on the Clantons? This is uh, another Star Trek sort of joke, not really. Okay, Corral joke. Why did Doc Holliday refuse the bounty on the Clantons? Because he suffered from inconspicuous consumption. <laughs> I'm just making myself laugh. Okay, this no, I'm is laughing. this is a good joke. Uh, it's hard to understand because it took me a long time to form. What does an exotic pet owning witch with amnesia call her disliked animal assistant? I'm gonna read that again and get you to. I, I mean, I think I know the answer. Oh, okay. An it's exotic pet-owning witch with an amnesia call her disliked animal assistant. 
My unfamiliar. Uh, it's an estranged, strange, familiar stranger. See, I didn't go for the simple version. A dislike, uh, what is an exotic pet, owning which, with amnesia, call her disliked animal assistant. An estranged, uh, see, I couldn't just say a strange familiar. I had to make it an estranged, strange, familiar stranger. (laughs) So stupid. Okay, this one kills with 12 to 14 years old, I say. So if you guys like this one, we know your psychology. What does the masticating train say? Choo-choo. (laughs) Choo-choo. I think kids in that age just like the term masticate. I have to explain what masticating is first. Uh, Okay. This one's a good one. Genuinely good joke. What kind of nut do impoverished cobblers most prefer? I love how... Cashew. That's correct. Cashews. Cashews. Nice. Um, uh, This is not so much a joke as uh, an attempt at a joke. Some people are neutral about uranium, but I say that's exactly why it's such an exciting element. This is actually... (laughs) Because of the neutrons and and being explosive, it's a it's a physics joke. Okay, no, that one I'll skip. One, it's about uh, eloping with a cantaloupe. We we can skip that. How about this one? Whether or not I get hired as a theoretical physicist, I'll still be a theoretical physicist. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Um, this one is not so much a joke as part of a joke, but I think it's pretty good. I was impressed by the British Navy's recruiting methods. Oh, that one's good. It doubles back on itself, doesn't it? Uh, Eric thought this joke was hilarious. That'll tell you a lot about Eric, okay? What's the name of the magazine for people who like simple but elegant aircraft? Answer? Plane Fancier. You know, like Dog Fancy or some magazine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he thought that was really good. <laughs> uh, this also kills with the 10-year-olds. Uh, why do robots never need haircuts? It's the correct answer is because they don't have hair. <laughs> 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 okay, my new punctuation joke. They did a bowel retraction for his belly wound in the hospital. His... Recovery word nickname was semicolon. <laughs> Stupid. This is also this could go with that uh, foul ducks one, uh, foul plays. The zombie actor was fired from the play and had to walk back to the graveyard because he had not rehearsed. Yeah, <laughs> walk back. <laughs> uh, my new math and zoology joke from 2014. Question, what is the total area of eight cephalopod pies? Answer, I'm not sure, but the octopies are squared. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. Oh, this also kills with the young kids. This is from 2014. How do horses greet you when they have food in their mouths? They say, hey. Hey. (laughs) So those are legitimate jokes that nobody likes. Whereas this other one... About dabbing. About dabbing. Yeah. Well, did those jokes have a picture with them? No. 
the tweet's going to do better if it has a picture. I, I mean, agree. Justin Trudeau notwithstanding. Yeah. It's not really a joke as much as like, oh my God, can you believe this shit? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Pe- people like magazine covers. Uh, yeah. But I think they just like dabbing more. If I if I just like tweet, hey, it's 420 sometimes, I think I'd probably get some likes. I don't know. Really? Well, isn't dabbing related to marijuana usage? Well, yeah, but not the. I don't know if the dance is related to like that kind of dabbing. No, I, I think somebody in the comments said that's not the kind of dabbing I expected or something. I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. I don't know if your base is really into like weed. Uh, I, I, I think you and my sister, and she's not my base. <laughs> um, and you're yeah, not. And you're you're off of it, right? More so. Yeah, you're off. Off the, yeah. I was gonna say sauce, but that's not what it is. I'm off that too. But, Are you off uh, the sauce? Yeah, I, yeah. I can't do like I don't have any vices anymore. Viceless. You're Except viceless. For Stardew Valley. Yeah, <laughs> it's not much of a vice though. Seems kind of cute. Nicotine gum. Um, Are you still on that? Sometimes All it's right. uh. It's I good... feel like nicotine gum is like more intense than cigarettes. Oh, probably. Um, it's just like I feel like it's mildly psychoactive. Um, oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm never having had it myself. I'm saying definitely. Yeah, but I don't know. That's cool. Sorry, I didn't. I guess, I'm, I'm those... on the coffee though. Yeah, coffee's it's psychoactive for sure. Mm-hmm. What are you? Are you? Are you a drinker, mice? Of you? Have not too much. Vodka every night, or just a bottle? I'm <laughs> just the one bottle. <laughs> Keep it in the freezer, right? That's right. Yeah, my roommate does that. Does he? Yeah. I was, isn't it gonna? No, it doesn't explode. <laughs> I guess it doesn't freeze. I don't. I don't really understand it. I thought you were into science, Jesse. Uh I am into science, but I've never tried to freeze um, alcohol uh, or maybe vodka. I don't know. Vodka. Uh, the other thing that's interesting I don't know if you know this I can hear my roommate he goes to bed really early I can hear him talking in his sleep sometimes he's like upset but he's never upset in real life what do you think that means he's dealing with it in his dream his dream life is like more traumatic mm-hmm. than his regular life or mm-hmm. maybe maybe he's hiding it in his regular life or maybe he's looking for it in his dream life yeah. Yeah, or maybe know. he is like upset a lot. He's just good at hiding it from that's, you. Uh, that's hence the vodka, right? Hence the vodka. Hence the frozen, <laughs> not frozen vodka. Yeah, and uh, the other thing he, I, like, I don't know that much about him. Um, How long have you lived with him? A long time, yeah, probably a decade. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I know a little bit, but um. Uh, one time I saw he was playing, uh, he plays like games and stuff, right? Um, and he was playing one of those, um, maybe Will can explain this to me. Hidden object games. Know about these games? I have no idea. So basically it's like a, you get a scene, like a crime scene or something where there's lots of things in a room, clues and stuff. And instead of like uh, pushing your avatar into the room and inspecting elements, you just run your mouse over it and then you click on it. And it shows you what's underneath. Mm. So it's like, um, it's 
kind of like a point-and-click adventure, but there's no character. There's just you. And I'm like, I don't understand this. I can get the appeal of Stardew Valley, but I don't, I, I don't understand the hidden object games. Or like Candy Crush and stuff like that. I don't get those ones. Because you're not actually getting candy when you play Candy Crush, right? You're just getting dopamine. Lots of dopamine. <laughs> lots and lots of dopamine. Because <laughs> it's candy? Or just because it's like you're like, it's just like you're constantly clicking, right? It's yeah. just, um, um, and the clicking has a re- reaction and therefore you have power and therefore you get the dopamine, right? Yeah. I, I go in and out of Candy Crush sometimes. It's like, I, I'm, I'm not as into it as Meg is. Meg's like pretty into Candy Crush. Like, I feel like she's like. Is, is it a like, little bit like Tetris? Is that what? what like a logic it's, puzzle? Um, maybe it's more like Yoshi's Cookie. I've never done that. Yeah. You know, you just like you have to match the candy up. To like you like you need to get three in a row and then it like pops and like then the candy rearranges. And so it's like exciting. Yeah, but you're not eating the candy. That's the <laughs> keep coming back to this mm-hmm. <laughs> when i when i first uh tried PUBG, i couldn't play it so i had my friend steen play it on his machine um and he says at the end you get a chicken dinner I'm like what does that mean <laughs> and he says like does a like does a table appear <laughs> and he says no no you just get a chicken dinner I'm like what in the mail like like they sent like send you a coupon for like you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken or something? <laughs> he says, no. It just says, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> mm. And now, of course, I I have to tweet about my winner, winner, chicken dinners whenever I get one. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I don't get any chicken. So I think if I, pr- I played Candy Crush, I'd probably get it. It's those intangibles, Jesse. Have you that's ever played it selling. No. What about Words with Friends? My mom plays that all the time. It's like Scrabble, no. except on your phone. I sometimes play Scrabble. Yeah, me too, but I'm not very good at it. It's like the jokes. I'm too busy trying to make the perfect longest. Like I'll make sentences that only use the letter D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing a whole essay. Doesn't matter if the essay is a good essay or not. Just as long as the sentences legitimately follow, or the sentence, the words legitimately follow. And just because there's so many words that start with the letter D, yeah. <laughs> that's not really. Again, I'm not going to go into uh, become a famous stand-up comedian with these jokes. Clearly, some of them are not bad. Yeah, but uh, I fucked them up kind of on purpose to. To extend it, you know? Yeah. Like, the the best ones are the simple ones. Because they don't require any... Oh, or this one. Oh, I get... This is legit because I dreamed it. What did the tired boy say after he entered the niche? I'm all tucked in. <laughs> <laughs> it's simple. It's very simple. <laughs> Why is that important? Like oh. I, it's interesting to me that you you dream jokes. Yeah, yeah, uh, all your dreams. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, this is uh, this is the s- s- typical joke that I'm writing for me. My new entomology joke. 
Entomology is the study of insects, by the way. Um, so this is not written for anybody else, clearly. It says, I wanted to go play with my new pooter, but due to caterpillar inflation, I fell into a malaise trap, so now I feel lousy. <laughs> and really be sad. And, of course, like, you don't know what's going on because pooters are things used by entomologists to collect insects. Caterpillar inflation is not what you think it is. It's where you take a caterpillar and after... To prevent it from becoming desiccated and dried out, you fill it full of air. <laughs> and a malaise trap is another way of capturing insects. And louses are insects and bees are bees. I so, like that you like are just like like laughing to yourself as you're explaining this so joke. To us. It's just like you're like this joke is so funny, guys. It's just you can't believe it. It's like the why do bibliophiles prefer loud deaths in libraries? A high volume stack collapse. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. but I like that one. <laughs> oh, I stupid. But the one, uh, I don't mean to be mean, but some statistician jokes are way below average. Some in average, they're synonyms. So mm. it works mm-hmm. better, especially on the page. But tulips and kisses is probably the high point of my joke writing career. It's pretty good, though. Yeah. But we'll like the ex-Uberant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <Brent. laughs> uh, chow, 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 chow is pretty good, right? Uh-huh. Chow, 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 chow. Because you get to say chow, 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 chow. Yeah, I mean, I think you're in the right line of work to tell these kind of jokes. Yes. Yes. Yeah.